an extended intro there. Um, wrong show. But anyway, we've started now. It's Footy and Frothies. Uh, Ollie, Barney and the Dagster with you. Look back on all things from round 12 of the National Rugby League, as well as a look towards later in our second show, round 13, and uh, maybe even we'll touch on some state of origin. It's been a pretty quiet week, hasn't it, boys? Nothing's happened in the world of rugby league. No, nothing at all. But well, no, good. Um... We can just get straight into it then. Uh, big, well, big news today. The retire- official retirement of Ray Rabbits Warren, uh, legendary broadcaster of the game, arguably the greatest of all time across all sporting fields. But, uh, yeah, the Great Rabs, 99 Origins, 45 Grand Finals. Oh, there, I'll just get you to turn that camera down slightly. I think I'm still peeking it. Uh, Barney, any reflections on the Great Rabs? Oh, mate, he's, you know, he's the voice that we've grown up with and known ever since I've been watching... Ever since I've been watching footy, um, his accuracy was always pretty good. Uh, got a little, a little wayward there towards the back end of the of his career, but he was always such entertainment. Um, it's a half the time I'd watch the footy just to listen to him, even when there was a bad game on. To be honest, just because you knew he was going to come up with some superlative, or he'd be <laughs> jibbering on for about three minutes, and you just get lost in him telling stories or talking about some. Some player from back in June E and <laughs> used to be a police officer or whatever. But um, yeah, no, I, big games of footy, origin and finals are never going to sound the same again. I just hope they replace him with someone with a bit of personality because <laughs> wow. there's not a lot around these days. Not at all. And they, um, they tend to breed him a bit boring as well. Uh, any Rabs reflections, Oliver? Yeah, I remember growing up as well. One of the highlights of my week would be watching the Sunday afternoon. I think it, at the time it was the delayed game. It would be a game of kickoff at three and then it'd air at four. And without fail, I swear, Gus and Rabs wouldn't, for half the game, wouldn't talk about the game because within the first five minutes... One of them had said something that pissed the other off, and they just, and they just argue about shit for the rest of the game. And you know what? That probably annoyed a lot of people, but to me as a young kid, I thought it was hilarious. And I think every week, Gus would go into the games thinking, "How am I gonna? I'm gonna set him how up. am I gonna yeah. get him?" And it used, yeah, it used to always be on because I think it was the Sunday game. They were always on each week. I'm not sure if they were on any others, but without fail, early in the game, one of them would say something and set the other off, and then that was it. It was amazing. Yeah, obviously he was a voice of, uh, I guess, my childhood as a rugby league fan and my teens and my 20s Olympics and uh, early 30s. The, uh, racing. the great, uh, yeah, the great swimming calls as well. Uh, loved to punt, liked to drink. You know, what else do you want in life? Good man. Uh, from all reports, an absolute champion of a bloke. So uh, it probably goes without saying that uh, we're all going to give him a salute later in the day. Um, but we'll get that one out of the way now. Good on your abs. Hope you enjoy uh, enjoy retirement. Apparently, he's still on contract to nine, so I assume he'll be doing a few of the voiceovers, and okay. he'll become the new Channel Nine Matt Nabel, I suppose. I believe um, they're going to let him call his hundredth Origin. I'm not sure if it's going to be Origin oh, is One. It actually, I think. Well, that was the initial report last year when he was going yeah, no, to the retire. Report today said he's done, mm, but he, uh, said he was finished. I'd like to. Uh, you'd you'd have, he's one game, like one game off. I don't know. Who's who now takes over the mantle? Who who <laughs> should Channel Nine be trying to get? Carl Stefanovic or someone like that. I don't know. Pro- probably like. Oh, it'd be Carl Stefanovic and Scott Cam hosting. Well, it's like, be yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, it'll be one of the geeks who <laughs> hasn't actually called footy in their life, and one of the dickheads from fucking today or the current affair. Jeez, I'm going in a bit hard on Channel Nine, but I, I can't see it being a 
a rugby league personality, to be honest. Well, they'd need to snaffle someone from Fox, I'd say. Well, who have they got in there at the moment? Obviously, Matt Thompson and uh, Peter Pasolfis. Oh, probably be Thompson for the, they for should, the meantime. They really should be throwing money at Warren Smith. Isn't Warren Smith now? I don't know. It might Top end seed. up being James Bracey, who I think Does he call right. I don't think... I'm not sure if he's called in the past. He doesn't usually, but... Yeah, I guess we'll see. Because uh, Fox have all the best ones wrapped up at the moment. Well, they have all the good ones from Channel 9 that left. I so they're going to... Who are all pissed off yeah. and left. Um, Andy Raymond's floating around. That actually it's not a bad makes idea. the most sense. Well, he's free agent. It, it makes the most sense, so it won't happen. Mm. <laughs> I tell you, I think he's calling for ABC. Um, Triple M it's over the past few weeks. One of the radio stations. Yeah, yeah. yeah tr- Triple M recently. I know, I listen to... Um, Slight tangent here to get us into it, but um, I, li- I usually when Nepal's on, listen to Thirsty Mori. Does it still doing a good yeah, job yeah. for Two GB? Uh, former ABC, but I think I think Fox have the best three. Ganane's pretty good on the radio as well, but you'd think one of those would be the ones you'd go after. But anyway, good opportunity for someone. Yeah, contract situations, we'll, I suppose we'll, as well. We'll practice our calling um, the next in the coming few weeks. We've well, been it? saying it for three years, but we'll, we'll do it eventually. We'll do it one day <laughs> when we can all be fucked. Anyway. Judiciary news. A uh, whole bunch of fines were issued out of the weekend, but the news today was the match review phone Brendan Wakem for an eye gouge. Four okay. weeks. Uh, I, I, I've only just seen headlines, so I don't know much more than have you heard him. To be honest, I didn't even oh. notice it. <laughs> I can't remember it, to be Did honest. Did he play? Was it reserve grade? Did he play on the weekend? I think he even played. It must have been Reggie's. Must have been. Anyway. Um, injury news for Feeder two to three weeks still with whatever's going on with his leg. That must be why he didn't do anything in the second half last week. Must uh, be. <laughs> Valia played 40 minutes with a broken jaw, so he's going to be a couple of months out. Six to eight very, weeks at least. Very tough effort there. Uh, Daniel Saifidi, now apparently the lesser of the Saifidis, MCL, uh, so he'll be about a month out. And Tavita Pengai, two to three weeks. Uh, with back problems, okay. but there was some mail today. We might not see him in a Bulldogs jersey again, but I was hoping Gump might have more on that. He's not here. He's an apology for those that haven't noticed. Uh, but, yeah, apparently he's had... Yeah, a nothing concrete, but I have heard in uh, in and around the place that um, there's a good chance that you won't see him again in a Bulldogs jersey and he'll be forced out of the club within the next couple of weeks. But we'll have to see what's going on there. Again, I'm g- going to say it. All these people who said because they signed a few players are a top eight team, not only are they now last, the players who they signed six months ago are on the outer. Matt Dufty's been dropped. Well, Dufty's Paul been Vaughan's very apparently interesting on the that, um, They the might outer, be trying like to cut as many ties as they can. It, it's yeah. now about to be silly season, I think, yeah. I think after Origin. The Vaughan one, I think they just realised they overpaid for him, but he hasn't, he's been putting but in pretty, pretty decent effort for him, to be honest, I think. They didn't um, pay 800 They only paid a couple no, hundred I think for they him. paid about 500 where they okay. probably should have paid 350 400 but... He's been okay. He's been pretty good for him, I think. I think he's been one of their better forwards. I, I don't understand why they'd want to get rid of him, to be honest. And, yeah, Dufty obviously has is yet to really have a good game. <laughs> Last week's game was probably the best game he's played for. He had him. that one <laughs> game earlier in the year. Where he <laughs> and then he's been dropped, so. Yeah. He good. Uh, all the best to him overseas. He might end up in the UK sooner. Well, the, the, well, the, the, the off-season now, but he might end up there sooner rather than later. The report is he's had talks with Warrington over there, so. Uh Signing news, speaking of, uh, officially that uh, Takiyaho will be going to Cadlands after 10 years at Easts. Easts appear to be clearing the decks because uh, their salary cap's in all sorts, so they say. Um, 
shame he's lost the NRL because he's playing well. He, he played well on the played real well on the weekend too. We'll get to that. Uh, I, I put it this way: Tiger, if Tigers apparently have seven hundred next salary cap, I would be perfectly happy to give five hundred or four hundred in at the moment. But uh, that's not the direction they're heading. Um, any other thoughts on? Well, pretty soon the beaches on the south of France are just going to be full of ex-NRL players, to be honest, because they're all going there. So, What a treat. Uh, Jerry Marshall King is going to the Dolphins to give them a hooker for the next two years as they continue to build their squad. Um, we won't spend too much time. I don't know when we're ever going to spend time on the Dolphins. What, can we, what more can we talk about until... Probably a month before next year. Someone's yeah, not exactly. one, of, one of the off-season episodes. But They've still got lots of money, so they're going to try to get someone, I assume. They've got Ray Stone as well. I know he's been injured, but I mean... That's like, you don't, if you're going to go out and try and get a hooker, you probably don't worry too much about Marshall King. And you go, for, you go for someone else in your backs because they still need, I don't, I don't know. It's, they're, they're in a really shitty situation right now, to be honest. Marshall King in a, in a good team is a good player, I feel. But is I it going to be, is it, is it going to be a good team though? Like, a pretty good forward pack. Forward pack, but like... I'd, I'd just look at I'll just look at the They've probably still got half their salary cap left and they're yeah. only looking for probably three so if they sign, players. Yeah, if so. they do sign Cameron Munster, does it suddenly make him a good team or are they still nobodies? Well, that would, but then again, a few things have to fall in place for him to go there next year. Like but one point two million dollars? Well <laughs> falling into Brave's <laughs> boot. <laughs> Brave well, Brave's gonna have to sweet talk um Craig Bellamy for him to release him a year early, especially now that Bellamy's re signed next year so I don't know it's a bit of an odd one but yeah in terms of players for th- for the spine the options are a um, little bit thin at the moment so Rain and um, Hopgood have both signed with Parramatta uh, Jamal Hopgood's got a bit of a spruik about him is another probably another question more for Gump but uh, yeah going to Parramatta apparently the Cowboys aren't very happy about it because he had a handshake deal with them so it was the first they heard about it yeah right um, we need to, well, well Just we on Takiyaho, um, obviously I didn't mention anything about him, but um, he would have had to been one of the most valuable forwards in the comp for easily the last seven or eight years. What's he won? Three comps? Was, Two comps? He was a goal, gun goal Three. kicker as well as a backup. Um, he, he's kicking high 70% as a forward, you know, and he was the backup kicker. He just, he goes all day. Like, he, yeah. he was very, I never really... Noticed a game where you went, oh, he was poor today. Like you just see some of the big name forwards, and they do go missing two or oh, three except, times during the year. And he wasn't poor, but, but um, he didn't play a lot of minutes last year for the injury. He had a bunch of injuries, but fantastic player. And yeah, I, I'm super surprised he didn't get another year at least in the NRL. But. He's actually in discussion for the most underrated player in the comp. More I think about this, anyway. I rate him as you will know. Yes. Um, well, they'll farewell him with literally the clubman of the year. <laughs> See you later. Thank you. See you later, our best player. Anyway. Well, you know, they've got to also get rid of... They've got to crowbar Crichton out of the team soon, so... Oh, oh to who, I wonder? Hmm. I suppose we're going to talk about Origin. Well... Now, look, the teams are the teams. Everyone got outraged. Does that, do you really care? Like, do you really get that upset about it? <laughs> I, I've said it before, it I don't care that much about Origin. About, like. I get more upset about the Tigers every yeah. week than... I, I, I like watching Origin because it's a good game of footy, but I don't live and die by state of origin. Uh, I know they've come out and said Whiten's going to start at centre. It'd, be, it'd surprise the hell out of me if he does because, it, to me, it's just a waste of an interchange having Crichton sitting on a bench waiting to come on and play centre or fullback. Well, I bring this so, up. 
Sorry to interrupt. We had the Pappenhausen Heinz debate, right? Heinz or Crichton for a fourteen? Like, no, it's going to be White. It's going to be White. <laughs> I would imagine no, well, that he shouldn't even be picked at all. So or or Crichton comes on, plays centre, and White moves into dummy half and plays back row. That's that's more complicated than it should be. I <laughs> like, know. I dare say White will go back to 14. He can cover pretty much anywhere in the back line at a pinch. Um, obviously, his favourite positions would be centre or six. And if you really need to, you can throw him in the forwards as well, which is he is that little bit bigger than someone like Hines or Pappenhausen. So he could probably take a little bit more time up in the middle if you have to. But Well, Queensland are going to win the series anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, I'm not going to get read the teams out. People have seen it by now. Um, the everyone's seen the popular debates. Uh, very good article by Andrew Webster telling everyone to calm, calm the fuck down uh, in the Herald this week. But essentially, look, uh, some of our chats were more angry than than we were. Some of our feedback was more angry than we were. But um, <laughs> we all made a point of talking about Daniel Tupo last week and how unlucky he would be. And now he's picked. You can't then begrudge him. No, uh, he might be the former in the comp. He's scored. A, he scored a, what a hat trick last week. Three, two tries last week. Tries he's, last week. D- he does a lot of hard work. He's good in the air. The concern, my concern with New South Wales is they try and be too clever for their own good sometimes, uh, when they should just be picking their best seventeen. And whether and arguably maybe they have, but um, when you're trying to counter pick to what Queensland might pick, it feels like you're half. Aren't you already a step behind by yeah. definition? Um, any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, playing off the back foot, definitely. Um, one thing about the selection that sort of irks me a little bit is if, if Teddy or, say, Cleary gets halfway through the line and they're in the backfield, who's quick enough in that in that New South Wales team now to be the one that's floating up behind them to take the ball and go and score in the corner? Yeah. That was always that O'Carr's job. I could, you know, you can't see... Maybe Crichton or Bizza, but the other two aren't going to be screaming down. Well, Stags the doesn't the go field, looking for so ball, so it's not going to be him. And Tupu's probably not quick enough to run away from the outside backs of Queensland. Well, he's so. more a target man, I'd say. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So. Or a defensive decision, as they say. Uh, yeah, and uh, we, we, you know, Gump was very, very bullish on Madison, and he's got picks, so rightfully so. I saw people arguing about RCG, but um, he's been fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you can't. A, <laughs> yeah, how you couldn't not an issue it. in the world. I think the only other one, from New South Wales point of view, is you would argue Appy's in much better form than Cook, but there's an incumbent, and there he is. So yeah, well, we all had Appy in front of Cook, but yeah, as you said, he's he's been there, he's done it before, and he's going to get Freddie's obviously going to give him a chance before he's going to give Appy a chance. So. And, and I guess Queensland-wise, the, the, the main two talking points, Harry named on the bench, Ben Hunt at start. Uh, thoughts, Oliver? Well, I heard today that Harry's... Been crook or something. He's not actually joined he's camp yet. One, one, because he's crook, and two, because he's got a bit of a groin concern. I wonder if that's what's been the deciding factor here because I, I can't see any really anything else. Oh, you look back the last time they did, they did the same thing. Hunt came out, played the first 20 minutes, and then Harry came... Yeah, and tore us to shreds. Um, you know, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to keep him out of that contact for the first 15, 20 minutes, and then, especially if he does have an issue with his groin, and then let him go after that. So, it's um, yeah, it makes it makes fair enough sense to me. I, I've got no reason to argue against it. So. Uh, me neither. I, I do get slightly irked when people talk about, oh, yeah, they've got to protect him from the first 20. And if you're good enough, you're good enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Harry would be good enough, but... I, um, I think if he wasn't carrying an injury and a flu yeah. and whatever, he probably would be picked to start. And, and the other one, it is a smallish forward pack, I would say. Uh, and we were all very 
strong on, on Mo, as, as people who listen to the show would know. Uh, not even in the squad. Slightly baffling to me because I thought he was their best forward uh, in two of those three games last year, as well as has been. He's done nothing wrong this year. So I, I think they do, if you've got an issue, they do lack a bit, you know, Cotter will tackle his ass off, but he's not big. Uh, Nanai's not the biggest um, back rower in the, in the game, but you know, Carrigan's there. Collins, I think, has been pretty average. They might get a little bit of um, second phase out of Tino and Papali, but I can't see their back rowers adding a lot with ball playing and stuff like that either. So it um, may be a little bit of a detriment, especially if they start to get a bit tired around the middle. But I think um, Cherry Evans' kicking game is going to be very interesting. We'll do a full preview next week, but um, not only the wingers' targets, but Nanai is going to be yeah, But they will save that for an in-depth preview next week. Any final thoughts on other squads? I know. Uh, well, a bit. I hope Tino doesn't play well for Queensland at prop because <laughs> then Justin Holbrook will certainly play him at prop for the Titans and think, oh, well, he played good there. You just watch. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It confuses me that he's, uh, he's been picked for prop for Queensland, to be honest. I think he's much better at 13 and you let him play on both sides of the field. But if they want to stick him right in the guts, then... He's the best link man do. Queensland have. And he's going to be much. playing in the middle of the field. Carrigan, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Carrigan, absolutely. So, anyway, we look forward to that preview next week. Any other anything else you want to discuss, boys, and throw about? And no, no, not really. It's a bit upset now. Rabs is gone. I don't know what to, oh. what's, what I'm going to do come finals time. And Origin's not going to sound the same on Wednesday. It's going to be weird. That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> big, big shoes Watch to on mute. Big shoes to fill because we don't get the Foxtel option, do we? Nope. Well, I was uh, going to say, oh, unless you want to watch it two hours hour later. behind or something. Well, yeah. Same as grand final time. Yeah. Well, it's just grand final and origin now because finals are on Fox, so. Yeah. Yeah, big, big shoes to fill there. Just suggested off air that um, perhaps they should, Chen and I should be contacting uh, Ray's brother Reg to take over for the next couple of years to get us through the, you know, get us through and wean us off. You might the great be able to get Richie and Bill and Tony to do a oh, bit of a cameo on the origin, mate. That'd be awesome. <laughs> One bloke's going to be making a lot of money off that, anyway. Uh, anyway, let's get back to round 12. There was some football played this weekend. 28-8, the Storm and Cameron Munster, particularly. Put the, put the cleaners through Manly. The floor is yours, David. Yeah, the king of thieves, old Cameron Munster. Mm. Five tries to two. Four out of five conversions played zero out of two for Manly. 88% completion for the Storm, sorry, sorry. 72% I just, for I Manly. Had a, I didn't realise how many there actually was in the game. It's <laughs> good now got, uh, holds the record on his own. But 38 out of 43 sets played 29 out of 40. Five line breaks to two. 27 tackle busts played 22. Six offloads to nine. Three force dropouts for the Storm, 280 tackles played 351 by Manly. One ruck infringement to two. One inside the 10 from both teams. Six penalties conceded to seven. 10 errors apiece. Kenny Bromwich made 31 tackles. Croker with 52. Meany with 165 metres. And Garrick with 220. Croker missed five tackles out of his 52. And Cooler missed, 40, uh, missed four out of 20. Munster missed seven tackles and made 27. Munster with 112 supercoach points, Kenny Bromwich with 91, Olakawatu with 70. Um, after about 10 minutes, I thought this was going to be a complete shutout and a walkover for the Storm. It looked like it was could be anything 40-50 nil. Um, Manly just did not turn up to start this game, and um, <coughs> excuse me, and they looked stunned. Their their attack was even going backwards. They seemed to be throwing passes behind people. 
throwing to people, passes to people in worse positions. And, yeah, it's just um, the Storm sort of... When, and when Manly did score, it seemed to be because Manly, because uh, the storm had let up a little bit. They just sort of, you know, <laughs> took their foot off the gas that fraction and then Manly did score. There was a, one really nice pass from Foran, a long loopy cutout ball to the, the winger where they put some points on. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of flash going on in this Manly attack. Um, the A fit... Cheese and, you know, a fit number nine and Hughes back made a massive difference for the Storm attack. You could just see it from pretty much the outset of the game. Um, There's an immediate difference, especially with the speed of the ball um, coming out of dummy half How uh, and the depth of pass. Like, they were, between those two, they were, th- by the, you'd have two passes thrown and they've thrown it 25 metres across the field. So you're hitting your six who's already outside his man and then it just leads from there. And uh, speaking of the cheese, I... Do, do these journeys that said that the cheese is a bad signing last week? Do they like have they watched the game for the last five years? Like, he had one rough game where he was fact, probably he's been unfit. Playing and as a been playing middle four. It doesn't. And all of a sudden he's oh, he's just always he's, hooker in the comp. His service out of dummy half still up yeah. in the top yeah, five easily. Yeah. Um, he's really good at picking opportunities. He's, he gives a good clean ball, and his defence is pretty solid. You know, for a smaller bloke, so. I don't know, but yeah, just let the attack set up so much easily. Uh, easier. They had so much um, time to pick and choose and pull the manly uh, defence apart. Uh, Munster had the ball and there was nobody within five metres of him, so when you do that, and he can just pick and choose what, what his outside runners, where they're going to go and what they're going to do. And they, um, yeah, they, they had a bit of fun there. I, I really expected them to score more points than they did. Um, as, we, as I mentioned, he, uh, Munster broke the records for the most steals and now owns it outright on his own. He was just stealing the ball for fun there at one point, just taking it off people. Um, still don't like that three blokes hold him, two drop off, and then you steal the ball. It, it but should be from the start of the tackle. Yeah, it really should it be. It should be. Yeah, as soon as the second person enters the tackle, it's, you can't steal it. But Manly's, it's a broken record for Manly. Their go-forward's rubbish. Um, they're getting no metres out of their big man in the middle. And their de- defensive positioning, especially in the centres and wingers, just all out of, all out of shape. Um, the, what's his name? The bloke who got terrorised by um, Morgan Harper doesn't know where to be in defence. He yeah. just gets himself all out of position. He rushes up too early, or he doesn't doesn't slide early enough. Uh, it's, that's not helped by DCE. DCE seems to hold inside way too long. He never slides when he should, and leaves a massive gap between him and Olakawatu which got exposed a couple of times in this game as well. But um, Aloye and Olakawatu was really the only two blokes that went forward for Manly for the entire game. Croker was okay. Um, and they were probably their best forwards, I thought. Um, Poor Jorge. Sorry? Poor Jorge. Yeah. Uh, Tui Palutu and Forum were pretty good. Um, D- oh, well, they were okay, sorry. D- and so was DCE, but Garrick was Manly's best player by a mile. Um, he's improved out of sight over the last probably six weeks. He's um, going real well, especially being thrown back in at fullback. But um, one of the better f- performances from the Storms forwards, I thought. They actually all went forward for a change rather than just sort of sitting back and letting the outside backs do it. They did a lot more metres through the middle. Uh, Kamakamika and Bromwich were the best of the forwards. Cheese was a, cheese and Hines were pretty good, as I mentioned earlier. Meany did a job, but yeah, Munster was easily the best player on the field. Kamakamika, uh, after whatever's happened, um, is a massive in for them because they need size and they need some direction. He runs the ball so hard. And um, just gets them 
you know that that key middle forward. A lot of teams, especially Manly, are missing it, and having it back is is, is probably everyone hasn't quite Jerry just how important he'll be if he's allowed. And I assume everything's right now, so he'll be on the field. And um, once again, Papineau is back. They'll be they'll be back and going. Um, what you see is what you get from Manly, and they're going to beat some terrible teams. Uh, but I don't know if they're going to. They beat are as many a as terrible team. They were. <laughs> no, and. It's it's you know it's frustrating as a Tigers fan. I'll say, Ollie, you got any dad? Well, just on man, like a lot of people I saw saying in this game, even a couple were going as far as saying Manly were robbed because the refereeing was that bad. I thought they were definitely contentious decisions, but Manly were absolutely woeful in this game. There is no way anyone should be saying Manly deserved to be any closer than they were. As a matter of fact, I'd say Melbourne probably should have put some more points on them because they just look absolutely atrocious. We've brought it up and you brought it up tonight, Barney. That forward package just about like week after week the worst forward pack in the NRL. It is a reserve like, grade forward pack it's, with it's two, with uh, like, Olakawatu. They defend yeah. okay, but nobody yeah. goes forward. No. Nobody no. runs the ball for them. It's just, they're just there. They're, they're just stagnated, it seems, really. And on it, like... Like their hit-ups are four or five yeah. metres and then you ta- they're tackled. There's no one yeah. fighting in the tackle. Alouillet does the most sort of work for him is in the middle, but he can't do it on his own. But it's like this year, even when Tom Trevojevic has been there, I know at times he's been playing injured, whatever, they've still not really done anything. Like, he's still not really had a positive impact on them at all, which you could argue he was doing a bit in 2021. There's just nothing coming from them. And you know what? At this point... Might as well sign Matt Lodge because, yeah, like, like what, what? At least you know he's going to go hell forward is going for on. you. He's going to make fifteen hit-ups and whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to go. I'm going to make a point of going back and looking at the forwards meters for every team, and I guarantee you that if not the bottom, they'll be very close to it. Well, I don't think we've bagged another forward pack as much. Like I know Gump's sort of gone on sometimes about how the Dragons have got a smaller forward. South we have, but South. Oh, but I'll get to South later. But I feel like we've sort of at times as well when they've impressed us, we've sort of given the Dragons and the Rabbitohs props for having a small four-pack, but they still put in that effort and stuff. Manly's like, got a bigger four-pack, but we don't see the effort. Olakowatu's a star, but the rest of them are bludgeons, if you ask me. Agree. They're a reserve-grade four-pack. They're a Blacktown four-pack. We don't need to talk about it much more. Um, three to Munster. Who are you going next then, Don? Yeah, I had um, three for Munster, two for Kamakamika. I thought he was tremendous in this game. Um, and he's been good since he returned. And then I was tossing up between Meany or Ken- Kenny Bromwich for the one point. Probably go Bromwich. Yep, now yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it did more work there. Uh, let's get to Penrith 22, putting their stamp on uh, probably the minor premiership over the Cowboys' zero barn stats. And then you can go, Ollie. Yes, we had four tries to zero, three out of four conversions for Penrith. 79% completion played 62%. 39 out of 49 sets played 23 out of 37. 800-plus running metres and 300-plus post-contact metres for Penrith. Five line breaks to one. Three, 30 tackle busts played 34 tackle busts. Nine offloads from both teams. Five forced dropouts by Penrith and a 40-20. 314 tackles for, played 426. One ruck infringement against Penrith. Three against the Cowboys. One inside the 10 to two. Eight penalties conceded to five. 14 errors to 16. Appy made 38 tackles. Cotter made 63 without a miss. 240 running metres for Edwards, 208 for Holmes. Crichton missed six, seven tackles, made 12. Martin missed eight and made 33. He's missed more tackles than I've noticed for a long time recently, Martin. 
He, he still he, makes he a was, lot. He's never 100% last he's year. He's been missing like seven and eight mm. most games recently. Holmes missed five and made nine. Hiku missed four and made eight. Edwards with 100 supercoach points. Yo with 83. Appy with 81. And Nanai with 75. Well, watching this one at the ground, the first thing I noticed, and I noticed it probably within the first five minutes, to be honest, is that the Cowboys are not your bog-standard NRL team. Nah, there is, gen- And obviously we've realised that, but actually watching the Cowboys play at the ground, and to be honest, most Penrith games I've been to this year, they've been v- versing average teams. So when you see your team sort of go at them a bit at first, you sort of think, OK, this team... A lot better structured, especially in attack and defensively as well. Uh, I know Penrith was sort of Adam for large periods of the game, especially the first 20 minutes, just Adam, 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 repeat set after repeat set. The Cowboys managed to hold him out. And I've seen people, again, like the last game, um, saying the Cowboys were robbed, refereeing this and that. I didn't really see that, but also I think you're downplaying the effort of the Cowboys because I know it ended up, what, 22-0. But I genuinely do not think the scoreline was a reflection of the game. I feel like the Cowboys are a better team than that. And I, I, was ta- I have to admit, I was taken aback a little bit just seeing as what, like you see the line speed, you actually see the effort and the go forward and attack a bit. And it is better than 70% of the teams in the competition. That's a huge credit coaching. to them. Like, seriously, like you look at where they come from last year and everyone was, he'd been there for 12 months yeah. and they all wanted him sacked at the end of last year. And we didn't give him any yeah. credit either, thinking they were going to be the same this year. But they are so structured and yeah. disciplined this year compared to well, what they we, were. We said the same coming out of Magic Round, and, and, and but we'll probably... Which, again, is frustrating because the Tigers were able to match them for probably 20, 25, half hour. Yeah. And, then they, and that's where it's frustrating when we get to them later again. <laughs> but um, Are you frustrated? Yeah. <laughs> I need some fucking beer, um, beer things to rip off my... Whatever, whatever you can say. I'm taking narratives that they're a top four team. Uh, and take narrative Melbourne are a top four team, and as a result, I just think Penrith are twenty points better than them. Oh, 100%. So it's simple as that. They will Cowboys would have beaten anyone else. Most teams this week, uh, and Penrith beat them by the twenty. Roosters, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. They have the the strongest and best and quickest outside backs. Not you know meter for meter quickest, but in what they do, they have the best. As we've said before, the best plug in fullback. Uh, of any team that just works to this, their style. Cleary hasn't even warmed up yet. Cleary's still um, getting to origin in second gear. Coruscant's the form hooker of the comp. I thought he was an absolute standout on the weekend. Oh, everything he did yeah. on... Um, no spoilers, I'm giving him three points. But everything he did <laughs> was fantastic on Friday night. Uh, even just the even just what he did for Yo's first try, um, the way he was picking players off, the times he chose to run, the times he chose to run even early in the second half, just to get him going again. Um, was fantastic. Um, it, we, we all know who Isaiah Yeo is. If you listen to the show, we know what we think of him. Mm-hmm. And um, Fisher-Harris probably had his best game of the year, I would argue. Um, all in hand, there. absolutely. He, he was, was an absolute was fantastic. And um, 230 running metres. Yeah, now, two, 220 metres. Yeah. Uh, really decided to own him. Uh, they could have scored more points. End of the day, they could have scored more points. Probably the kick-out try. It was, this game, the kick-out try was a try. Um, There's a few others, but um, they're a good team. And they're that much better than the Cowboys, who are second or third best team, I think. What do you think, Bart? Yeah, it's getting scary, isn't it? Um, you're going to have to lose a leg to lose to, to lose games to most of this competition. Um, they... Uh, as I mentioned, a extremely like you say, the Cowboys look really good, structured, and all the rest of it. Penrith just don't make 
that many mistakes. Even in a game where they do make, this is one that they did make a few more than um, than usual, but that comes down to the Cowboys um, were actually hitting and rocking them at times. They were, their, their defense was strong, and um, you know, which made the ball pop out a few times. But they are so structured, so disciplined, and their game plan is as thorough as any other game plan that you're going to see. They know exactly what they're doing from the minute they walk out there. They know how they're going to try and pull the team apart. And the majority of the time, they've got it 100% right because they went straight down the middle with the Cowboys in and around the post and scored points pretty much immediately and then just went on from there. Um, the, the Cowboys actually did surprise Penrith a couple of times early, which I did predict last week, but they didn't get any points out of it where I thought they may have scored one or two tries early. Um, but they did break them open a couple of times on the edges with Holmes and um, the centre and Hiku on the other side with some. Cool I Val was really good, actually. Val was really yeah. good. The Val's been in um, terrific form for the last probably month or so, um, with good, good, uh, quick ball out to the centres and some one-on-one efforts from uh, the, the centres and wingers. They they did shift the ball. They came there with a plan on how they were going to crack Penrith, and they did crack them once or twice. They just couldn't finish the job. Um, but the. They just can't match Penrith's speed of defence. I know, like, we joke around in between us and all the rest of it and say they're offside 50% of the time and all the rest of it, but they're not. They're just that much fitter than anyone else and they get back and up so quick and opposition teams can't do anything Are to they get around. Them. They can't. Not most yeah. of the time, I'd say. Unless you're going to really match it with Penrith through the middle and bust them through the middle and then work off the back of that. I can't see how you pull this team apart. Their um, defence on the edges is fantastic. But yeah, I, I thought the Cowboys would have scored. They, they they probably bombed one or two, which was, um, you know, their problem. But the, when Penrith just seemed to ratchet up their speed of the play every sort of in 10 minute increments like they'll be yeah. playing at one speed and then 10 minutes later they're playing quicker and 10 minutes after that they're playing quicker and the defences just can't keep up with it they, they fall apart leave way too many holes and Penrith take advantage of all the opportunities that come their way even you know most of the opportunities um, Cowboys work hard for the majority of the night and you've got to pat them on the back for that especially um, like Nanai was good um, Cotter well, Nanai and Cotter were brilliant. Yep. Cotter's 63 tackles, as I mentioned, without a miss. Um, a tackle bust. Nanai made 51 and four tackle busts and was good with the ball as well. Robson and McLean were pretty decent. Um, Holmes was good, as I mentioned uh, just before. But, yeah, Penner for clinical, absolute best. Uh, Leota and James Fisher-Harris just came off the back fence from the start of this game and started punching holes in the middle of the Cowboys. And <laughs> so they compressed their defence, and, yeah, the, the rest is history. If you watched the, the game, it was a really good performance from both teams, and one team was just so much better than yeah. the other, to be honest. I've said it before. Sometimes these halfway there teams <laughs> need a, an ass-kicking yeah. for them to go away and go, fuck, now yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. we need to get to. Yeah. This might be the best thing that happens to the Cowboys because now your Nanais and Lukies uh, who haven't been there before go, right, they're now going into origin. Yeah. They're now going to cut and Cotters are going to come out the other side tougher and harder and be more prepared and go, right, well, this is the level we need to get to the next few weeks to match them come finals time. I'm not saying they'll beat Penrith, but it could be. It, you see it every year. There's always that. Yeah. There's always that sort of catalyst them to have to take the next step. And you know what? Those blokes like your Cotters and your Nanos that you brought up, they might have been going into this one. I think Penrith, like, oh, do I really 
sort of back myself to perform the way I have been, and that'd be coming out of that going, you know what, we lost, but I thought I played. I thought I played pretty well. You can see the light. You can see. You know what I mean? And God, you know what? Like this is. And they're going to come out, like I said, out of an Origin series and be going, okay, you know, we're Origin players now. Yeah. So. I actually gave Yo the three points in this one. I thought he was the best on the field. I thought he worked harder than anyone in attack and defence, and was also the link to the uh, to that left hand edge and Cleary. It's either Cleary getting the ball out to him, or it's Yo somewhere in between. And I thought he was fantastic. I gave Appy the two points. He started the game and actually set the precedent for the game. He set up that first try and was a hand in pretty much anything good that they did. And I had um, either Cleary or Fisher Harris. Oh, sorry, Edwards or f- I had three of them: Edwards, Fisher Harris, or Cleary for the one point. Well, I think it's got to be Fish. That were the three I said. Uh, like I said, I, I was making a case for Appy man of the match, but I, I know what you're saying Oliver. You get the casting vote. Fisher Harris. No, for, for the, the three for points. For the three. Oh, I thought we were at the one. Well, Fish for the one. Yeah, um, no, I'm fine I, with that. I'll have some, no, f- I, I, I'll I wrote, some fish and chips for I, that. I wrote the. Yeah, what Appy? Um, I wrote the same you know. three names for one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably um, lean towards you, Dag, and probably just go happy with the service you're giving yeah. out a dummy half and making it easier for your yo's and that Absolutely. to be able to do their job. Cool. But no, three, yo, two. no disrespect to yeah. Mr. Yo. Now let's skip the next game and we'll get to Saturday. <laughs> so you, you wanted to have a lie down, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> a bit, t- a bit tired. 35-24. You okay? You okay going? Well, no, I'm not okay. You can go, go for a walk on. if you like. <laughs> um... 35-24, the Broncos chased down a, uh, was it 22-nil at halftime? 22-6 Not at halftime, half time. they, yeah, they... Yeah. It was 22-nil <laughs> at one stage. <laughs> at one stage, <laughs> a 22-nil lead. Um, Barney, what does stats say? And then, like, You're not getting much out of you, mate. <laughs> no, no, do the stats and I'll t- I don't care. I'm happy to talk first. Uh, if you, you can ponder. You can base a little bit. Like well, a, I'm, not, I'm not going to be given good analysis. Like, six tries to four, five out of six conversions, played four out of four, and one out of one field goal attempts for the Broncos. 86% completion, played 80%. 38 out of 44 sets, played 29 out of 36. Eight line breaks to four. 41 tackle bus for Brisbane, 28 for the Titans, 13 offloads to 8, 2 force dropouts to 3, 267 tackles played 328, 2 ruck infringements against the Titans, 1 inside the 10 against both teams, 4 penalties conceded to 8, 11 errors to 9, 1 sin bin to 2, Capewell 31 tackles, Clark with 36, Oates with 216 metres and Tina with 271. Stags missed six tackles, made eight. Kelly missed five, made 16. Tino missed six, but made 31 tackles. Farnsworth with 105 supercoach points. Sexton with 85 and Ezra Mam with 81. So, am I going first? I'd go first. I don't care. All right, I'll go first. We need to have an We need a new award. Right. And a special award. Uh, and I need to think of a name for it in our fine footy and frothies community and, uh, and various chats and groups and all everything else can give us some feedback on this, but we need an award for when a Ford Pack single-handedly hoists a team onto their back and carries them. Uh, because Tino... A Ford Pack or just a Ford player? Sorry. A Ford. God damn, I fucked up already. <laughs> God damn it. When a Ford... Okay, let's start again. So we need an award where uh, a Ford single-handedly lifts a team onto their back and carries them, because Tino... Fasul Moali was incredible in this game. My he God, was he was... fantastic. It was <laughs> as good a individual forward performance as I've seen. 
I think since Mo did it for the Titans last year against the Bulldogs. He was spent for the last half of oh, the year he was as cooked. well. Oh, did, did you guys <laughs> see? Well, but it was... Uh, it was a 240-odd meeting in amazing, meters, yeah. amazing performance, single-handedly doing it. And the Titans look good in the back of him. Like he had about he, 190 of them in the first yeah, half. Yeah, incredible effort. Uh, so we need we need a, a name for the award. Uh, come up with something. Um, well, maybe even name it after. Just on Tino, did you guys see his post-match press conference? Yes. It was heartbreaking. He said, I don't deserve to be picked for Queensland. I've not been good enough. Yeah. If there is anyone in that Titan side who does not deserve to be sat in front of the media copping all the shit and saying, I've been bad, it's not him. I wanted to cry and give him a cuddle, to be honest, because, like, he is... Like, I was baffled hearing it. Like, I love the bloke, and for him to say that, like, it shows his maturity and that and shows he's able to acknowledge when his team's not doing so well. But... (laughs) But, yeah, it's just, like... Honestly, I don't think I've ever felt this heartbroken in rugby league, especially as a Titans fan. Going, just stole my bone. Just stole my bone. Did he take it? Yeah. <laughs> we, we yeah. have had a fan come over to yeah, here. Yeah, it's a good point because but you know what they should do. Like, they should actually trot Dave Fafita out there at one yeah. of his press conferences and say, "You go sit yeah. there and you answer these fuckers." And you know what? Like Tino looked like he was nearly about to burst into tears yeah. as well. It's like if there's anyone who doesn't deserve this shit, I mean, I hope for the bloke he goes away on camp and then sneaks into Cameron Munster's suitcase back to Melbourne because. <laughs> Like he doesn't, well, he doesn't deserve to front the media Tony's every week. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, check out rugbyleaguemerch.com.au and get yourself a no, just dot com to get yourself a beanie, uh, like Barney's gonna have to do. <laughs> some fellas just wanted off with his, but it was very nice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Sense. Do you need to pause and go find it? <laughs> no, All right. Fuck it, it's uh, gone now. <laughs> he'll, he'll bring it back. You seem like a nice fella. Um, shout out to the beanie thief. Um, he, yeah. <laughs> Tina was fantastic. On the back of that, Toby Sexton had his best half of first grade. I think every kick was on point. Most of his passing was yeah, on was point. Fantastic. His game control was fantastic. He looked um, a million bucks, and they thrived off the back of it. Campbell chimed in when he needed to, and they shot the shit out of Brisbane for half an hour. Did. Then. The game ended, and we went over. <laughs> <laughs> then. Brisbane put on, what, 35 unedited points, and I can't even, <laughs> like, Titans just stopped playing is what happened. Like, no one dominated them, no one was better. Uh, Tamari Martin was, was pretty good, that he was really good. Yeah. Uh, and if everyone tried hard, and their forward packs, you know, kept rolling, but um, they just fell apart. They just fell apart. And um, the strike centres got involved, wingers got involved, and um, somehow you lost by 15 points, so... Do you have anything to say now, Oliver? Yeah, I do. And um, other than my bit about Tino, because that, that's one of the worst things about this year. He's been so good. But uh, I'm watching this game, get home from the Penrith game, where I actually got to watch a couple of good teams perform. And I'm sitting on my couch, I'm watching these geeks play well. I'm getting messages from people, oh, the Titans look all right. Oh, the, I'll kick on with it tonight. I had no confidence whatsoever. In fact, the more points the Titans scored in the first half and the better they looked, the more confident... I was in them getting beaten, to be honest. To all the to all zero of the Titans fans listening out there, and to be if if there are you know what if you're a Titans fan listening to this, please get in contact because all your buy your beanie. Yeah, we'll give each other a cuddle or something. I don't know, but create a support group. Yeah, <laughs> mental health awareness. But um, like honestly, like it, it has literally gotten to the point where the more that Titans looked good in the first half, and the more they started running away with it, is the more confident I was like that the comeback's coming. And it, it happened. 
the first try from Brisbane, I think they might have scored before the Titans scored their last try in the first half. They did, yeah. From that moment, I was like, well, it's done. They'll come out in the second half and they'll blitz us. And it's not me having an amazing prediction here. It's me being a long-suffering Titan supporter. That ha- seems to happen Actually, every... It, what, doesn't matter which half it is, sometimes it's in the second half, but... Until the short kickoff. And the minute oh. they did that, and the minute... It's just like, this game's over. Like, how far, Brisbane? Yeah, I mean, yeah to be honest, right? And uh, after this game, I watched the the new Obi-Wan Kenobi show, right? As a Star Wars fan, I loved it. Especially if you're a prequels fan, you should watch it. But I remember coming away from that thinking, fuck, why'd I watch this game beforehand when I could have been watching... <laughs> when I could have just watched <laughs> this, to be honest? Because it's a lot better. It made me a lot happier. So... Yeah, Barney, give give your proper analysis. Oh, it was some exciting, expansive footy. Um, Titans went from edge to edge and sort of broke the the Broncos apart. They went in and behind with the short kicking game, which was dividends there. There was a try and a few for for yeah forced dropouts, which I've been mentioning about the Brisbane de- defense for a while. But um, there were some brilliant touches from Campbell and Sexton, especially in that first half an hour, and they were dominating, as you mentioned, tight. Tino was playing like a man possessed. He was fantastic. Best game I've seen him play for a while. Any forward I've seen play for a long time. Um, and they were running all over him. There was five minutes. Did five, there was five minutes that cost the Titans this game, and it was the intercept pass followed by two sin bins in five minutes. Yeah. And uh, you got eleven players on the field. Brisbane go down there. They were always going to score. Titans managed to get down, force an error, and then. The Titans score with 11 yeah. players on the field and you're thinking, oh, shit, you know, that maybe they might be okay. But by the time the two blokes come back from the sin bin, they were cooked. Like, just about everybody on the field had no energy left. They were down. Uh, their defence started getting leaky on the edges again. And um, Brisbane just went there time and time again. They they pressured the centres with, the obviously, the majority of their attack is, goes through Herbie and through Stags, and they made an impression down the edges of... Um, of the Titans, who yeah just fell away, they were gone. Uh, last twenty minutes, they were <laughs> nobody had any energy left in that Titans team. And um, as you mentioned, that the, the Broncos scored the short kick off, and then they scored two tackles later. It's, it's what's that a, tw- a 12, 18 point that swing in the face of in the space of fifteen minutes, as well as trying to you know because they managed to have that energy to score while they had 11 players on the field. That takes a lot out of you to, to defend as well as try and attack while you've only got 11 players on the field. So they just absolutely ran out of petrol at the back end of the game. Um, Sexton was good when he was on the field. I was a bit worried about his shoulder. I didn't think they'd actually play him this week. Um, that, that looked pretty it's bad when he went still, down. But still uh, got to clear. <laughs> got to get clearance, but yeah. yeah. Um, Campbell and AJ did a good job. Aaron Clark and Jolliffe did a... a but they were the best of the forwards apart from Tino. Broncos as a pack were better. Um, you know, they had more more effort out of more players through the middle. Um, you had Flegler and Ricky who were good. Capel and Carrigan were real strong. And their halves played okay. Ezra Mam, um, he was fantastic in that last 20, 30 minutes of the game. He's got first grader stamped all over him and long uh, thing time is, first grader. I think Tyson Gamble's been good the last two weeks without Reynolds. Mm-hmm. But, geez, I'd, I would be picking Ezra <laughs> Mam outside of Reynolds. Like, he could tear teams apart. He would tear some of those shit teams And his defence is fucking Big immaculate. Boy, yeah. You know, like, well, he's not real tall, but he's solid and his defence yep. is fucking 24 fantastic. tackles, yeah. He's, um, his oh, technique is brilliant. You, you, you don't see him get run over, you know. So. Especially, you can imagine Reynolds controlling the kicking game and him looking for those short kicks. 
maybe once or twice a game, turning them around. His for footwork, his speed, yeah. he's quicker than it's, most other halves out there. It's as right well. there. He's, like yeah, they could, they could have something special if they wanted to back him. Absolutely. Um, as you mentioned, Martin was good. Um, Hass and Herbie were the best players on the field for the Broncos. So I gave Herbie three points. I gave Hass two, and then. Tino one. I'll tell you why. You're, no, I'm giving Tino three. You're giving Tino three. Tino three. Herbie two. Has one. But yeah, I, I'll do that. I had um, That's fair. I had Tamari Martin for one as well. I wanted to yeah, okay. mention him, but I, I'm okay with Has. I'm okay with Has. Has was enormous. I'll, um, I'll give Tino whatever he wants. I'll find a way to make <laughs> three it happen. points. But we need yeah. So it only happens maybe three or four times a year. But Tino's when right, when yeah. a Ford hoists twelve of blokes on their shoulders. We, we want a name for this award, and we'll crown it uh, amidst much fanfare. But Tino's the one. first, and I think the last the last one I can remember clearly was Mo last year, but I can't think of... There's probably been one in between. Oh, Hass would have done it once or twice. Hass probably did it many times. <laughs> how... Um, just before we finish, how bad does a culture have to be at a club, or bad must your self-esteem be to put in that performance and then say, I don't deserve it? Yeah. Oh, he was shattered, man. Like, like, he put in that much effort, and they looked like they were going to win the game. Uh, yeah. For half-time, they should have gone on to win that game. So. Yes. Um, quick uh, urinal break, as Barney goes to find his beans. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Can confirm, Beanie's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shattered. I'll never financially recover from this. <laughs> Scott just has a gun to your head. Buy another beanie, Barney. Buy another beanie. <laughs> But of course he can at rugbyleaguemerch.com. Anyway, 24-16. Now uh, we can't wait forever. Uh, the footy continued as the Newcastle Knights beat the Warriors in a game of rugby league. Well... Barney, you can tell us the stats. That was... That and then was. sum this game up and we can all move on with our lives. Right, yeah. Three tries to four. One out of three conversions for the Warriors. Four out of four for the Knights. A missed field goal attempt for the Knights. And one out of one penalty attempts for the Warriors. 76% completion for the Warriors. 70% for the Knights. 29 out of 38 sets played 24 out of 34. Three line breaks from both teams. 21 tackle busts by the Warriors, 12 by Newcastle. Four offloads to two. Four force dropouts by Warriors, one by Newcastle. 307 tackles played 343. One ruck infringement from both teams. Five penalties conceded to six. Ten errors from the Warriors, nine by Newcastle, and a sin bin to the Warriors. Harris with 41 tackles. Clemmer with 42. Pompey with 167 running metres. Lee with 153. Pompey missed two tackles, made six. Sean Johnson missed two and made 12. Milford missed three and made 12 for Newcastle. Tuala with 95 supercoach points. Ponga with 72. Frizzell with 71. And Aitken with 66. I feel like both teams played a bit better than what they have been recently, but it could just be because they're playing each other, to be honest. And I'm not sure. I think both of those things are true. I think think it might be the latter more than the former. But um, yeah, there was um, it was a pretty pretty decent game in the first half. The Warriors looked like they were up and running early um, with some really nice ball movement um, and some direct hard running. Like, and they were they were on top of Newcastle early little bit of skill there. Um, yeah, they made too many. A pretty many. decent game. Wasn't there seven kicks out in the full in the first fucking 20 minutes? And then, well, I'm thinking the other game. <laughs> Carry on. I'm just looking at the full. This is a decent ball movement. I did not mention the kicking. <laughs> yeah, let's look at this. 
three minute scrum, four minute ruck infringement, four minute set restart, four uh, seven minute slow peel, fifteen minute set restart, sixteen minute scrum, twenty seven minute scrum, thirty seven minute scrum, thirty eight minute scrum, forty four minute scrum, thirty four. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, the Warriors moved the ball around early. They did move the ball around. Got some nice tries out in the edges against Newcastle. Um, and yeah, I thought they were they were pretty good, and, and they were in front there early. But um, Newcastle fought their way back into it, and with a couple of nice tries, um, they their forwards were better than the Warriors' forwards, basically to sum up this game. And that's how they um, ended up getting getting through there. But the Warriors would be kicking themselves too because there there was a couple of tries that were absolute walkovers, and they you know they, that try from the scrum where Ponga just wraps around passes once, and neither of them had a hand laid on him and they just, he just runs over and scores next yep. to the post like you let in tries like that you deserve to lose a game um, then yeah it got a bit sloppy back and forth the Warriors sin been there's a theme over this weekend and probably the couple of weeks before you get someone sent to the sin bin you generally lose the game they mm. It absolutely takes all the gas out of the defence because they work so hard to try and cover that one man for 10, 10 minutes. And a lot of the time, there's not a lot of points scored in that 10 minutes. And But it, as soon as they come back on, it's like the, the defence relaxes and goes, we've got our full complement back, and then they just get torn apart. <laughs> you know, like there was a couple of games early in the year where there was 18 points put on when someone went to a bin and here and there, but... Generally, most teams defend okay with that one extra player off the field, but it, it takes its toll at the back end of the game. Um, and that took everything out of them, and the Warriors basically limped their way to another loss. Um, there was no real standouts in this game for either team, really, but um, Pompey was much better than what he was last week, so that meant he had an okay game. <laughs> he was just maybe average if at best. Reese Walsh is really finding it hard to make an impact on the game. He's trying everything he can. He's buzzing around, putting himself in the right position, but he's just not making an impact. He needs a partner in, in crime. Attack. It's, yeah. it's pretty much. <laughs> like, uh, Campbell's looked good because Campbell's look good because at least yeah. Titans have some some forwards and Sexton's you know, growing into his role. Sean Johnson doesn't run the ball. No. He stands there and passes he and doesn't for a fuck all. Yeah. And so now Reese Walsh is expected to be the one that has to either take the line or throw the magic ball. Yep. And he's just got he's got no one with him. Joe Stavunga worked hard till he got knocked out. Um Aiken and Harris were uh, were their best players easily. Um Tuala finished well, but uh, I know he got a lot of super coach points, but he's nowhere near the best player on the field. Um Milford had a couple of nice touches early again, but then gassed out after 20 minutes, half an hour, and sort of tapped out and went missing again. Uh, but what he did do early was good. Um, there was some nice short passing and a couple of nice kicks. Uh, but, yeah, Ponga was okay. Um, but he's him, him as well. He's not finding enough places and time. He's not getting... T- he doesn't seem to be putting himself in the position enough for mine to make an impact. No. He does occasionally, but yeah, he's he's not getting himself involved enough. Clifford was decent, but Clemmer and Frizzell were the, the oh, best 100%. players for Newcastle by a mile. So. Well, they were the difference makers for me, to be honest. Like those two alone, in the end, probably did the hard yards that got Newcastle the victory. Because I don't think this was an overly great game, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. So. 
the only other thing I'll say is that um, if there's ever a push to introduce relegation to the NRL, maybe this game's part of the marketing campaign. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. We did all. We, we, we knew. We knew what we're getting ourselves into, and it delivered. So and what you can know you what? Say? Hey, and the Titans will join them in the championship or whatever they call it. Oh, There's a couple they, of they nice flashes, but yeah, this <laughs> the majority of the game was below yeah, standard. Which um, two of your fours you given points oh, well, to? Clamor I gave three, Frizzell I gave two, and then I had yeah. um, either Harris or Tuala for the yeah, one. Yeah, Tohu's getting one. Tohu with the one. Yep, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> you just really, you'd rush through yeah. that one to get to this. It's just absolute depression. From you all forgot the this was the next game, didn't you? Forty-four, <laughs> eighteen. The South Sydney Rabbitohs beat the West Tigers. I actually wasn't. I, this time Saturday night, I was. I, I was going to walk away and not even do this game. So, uh, but I, I, I have calmed down. I don't think I've ever been so angry after game footy. At least it's a manly game. You're getting pretty hot and bothered there uh, I, <laughs> during I, the match. I, I was not I a think, happy um, chappy. Um, do some stats and I'll think about what I'm going to say. Right if anything. <laughs> Maybe we should just create our own support group. <laughs> Let's agree not to talk about any cool. our teams. Let's just not. But then no one will listen. So. Eight tries to three, six <laughs> out of eight conversions for the Rabbits, two out of three for the Tigers. And one out of one penalty attempts for the Tigers. 80% completion for the Rabbits, 69% for the Tigers. 34 out of 42 sets played, 23 out of 33. 700-plus running metres and 250-plus post-contact metres for Souths. Yeah. <laughs> Six line breaks to five. 45 tackle busts to 16. Eight offloads for each team. Thank you, mate. Thank you, brother. Four force dropouts to one. Davini's back. <laughs> My life just got a little bit happier. 0-40-20s, 278 tackles played, 359. Two ruck infringements against the Tigers. One inside the 10 for the Rabbits, two inside the 10s against the Tigers. Four penalties conceded to two, eight errors to 11. Cook made 40 tackles, off and Gowie with 49. Tom Burgess with 235 running metres and one of his better games for a couple of years. Naden with 152 running metres. Ilias missed four tackles, made nine. Laurie missed six and made nine. And Offen missed seven, but he did make 49, so you're probably a pass, Mark. Graham with 119 supercoach points. Walker with 114. Uh, oh, sorry, AJ with 114. Walker with 103. And another South player before you got down to Mamalo on 79 supercoach points. <laughs> right, so the first, the most annoying thing is, is end of the day they won by too much for me to blame the referees. But every single chance I had of momentum was shut down by the officiating in this game. Uh, you can tell me I'm wrong. You both, you'll get your chance, but you can tell me wrong. But I didn't tell me I'm wrong. But there was some average decisions. Uh, and on the back of basically doing all defensive work for the first 35 minutes of the game, uh, it caught up back at the backfield. They, um, I'll talk about the game, not talk about the club. <laughs> Dane Laurie was like well, most weeks. We're going to talk about the club. We'll be here da- for fucking three days. Yeah, yeah. Dane Laurie was fantastic. They Pasco had that. Podcast. They had that. Um, <laughs> Cut him, yeah. Um, the you know their their left hand sweep looked fantastic. Laurie um, at you know. It looked great on his return. Uh, the problem was, well, it's very simple. They missed Alex Twile in this game. Uh, and the more I thought about it is they just got killed through the middle. And 
you, you take out a bloke who makes 50 tackles and doesn't miss any through the middle, they got killed. Uh, Rabideau's had all the field position, all possession, but never really looked dangerous until Havili came on the field. Uh, and he changed the game. He was fantastic, um, really good. Uh, and then the big bodies, they realised the big bodies were the difference and they did the damage. Tom Burgess had his best game in... Five years, five. Well, probably since his probably since he had a really good <laughs> since the semi final last. He, he actually, was really good since last the last year. time he played us. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he really was fantastic. And Campbell Graham was absolutely outstanding. I thought did enough to, especially on that left side when they moved him, did enough to get in the Origin team. But he's another one that no one seemed to feel sorry for. Um, but his defensive work was great, and his stuff in attack was good. And they should just leave him on that left side and stop fucking around with it all. Because it We've, gives him a I thing. I think we may have mentioned it before the yeah, season we kicked have. off. Um, On to the club. No, I'll get that in a minute. Uh, we'll, we'll do the game first because obviously a lot's happened since. Um, that said, I, I yeah, I every time there was opportunities, it was snuffed out and ridiculously so. The lorry play the ball shouldn't have been a penalty, like shouldn't have been a lost ball. The how somehow they discovered they thought that a dummy half threw the ball forty meters into the backfield was play on, I'm, I'm slightly baffled. <laughs> um, and then that led to a six again which on the fifth, which led to, I think, 12 points being scored in a matter of minutes. And then, you know, Souths came good and Cody Walker got his tail up and off they went. Uh, but it was... Uh, I, I should have changed my tip as soon as Cameron Murray played, basically. Simple That's as that. what I did. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the smart money in PCTC did. They... Um, you, know, I, you know, end of the day... If South Springboard off this, good luck to them. I don't know how they will, but yeah. Mark Nichols backs helps. If Tom Burgess going to play this every week and they use Havili that way, it, it's all good signs. Uh, all the forwards were good for Souths. Yeah. They Nichols will help. Yeah, Cody Nickarim is not a fullback. No, nope. <laughs> but they get, you put Latrell back it's in his team, then they're grade. back. They're back in the top eight conversation if they play like this. Well, yeah, is all I say, um, Barney. Yeah, Cody over the last couple of years has made himself look less and less like a first grader for yeah probably the last eighteen months, two years really. But um, it was um, it's one of those games, and it's it's a common theme. You seem to get two or three of them every week where they start on fire, and Tigers looked like they were going to again dominate this game. Fifteen twenty minutes in, uh, they were doing all everything right. Uh, they were well on top and looked completely comfortable. Um, and then they look like a completely different team come fucking 80 minutes of the game. Um, to me, the difference between the sides was three soft tries and an intercept. Um, that was basically where I thought the game... That, that was the difference between two, the two teams. Havili goes through four blokes on the line, like bumps four blokes off that are standing on their own goal line and scores a try. Campbell Graham scores out a dummy half that just picks it up puts it over the line with nobody anywhere near him. Um, yeah. And then they... And then they drop a ball right next to the post for Cody Walker to swoop on and pick it up and score under the post. So there's, what, 12, 18 points. It's, it's the difference in the game. Um, and the momentum that you get off the back of that. And then the intercept as well, that they run the length of the field and score off an intercept. So that's a lot of points to be given away. And you can't give it away against the worst teams in the comp, let alone one of the ones that's sort of mid-table and probably slightly better than what you are running at the moment. So... Um, yeah, the, I agree with what you brought up with the referees. There were some apparent calls in this game and a couple of others. Um, there was a few in the man the game, and there was another couple in a, a later game this weekend. But 
what can you do about it? It's the same thing that comes up week after week. They they don't drop them because I think they've only got about ten full time refs in the whole fucking comp. So when you got eight games every week, what do you do? Um, yeah, the the ball in hand, the Tigers look competitive, but as I mentioned, their defence um, they're letting in tries that should be stopped. And when you're missing 40, uh, 45 tackles, you're probably not going to beat anyone. Um, Souths weren't overall that. Impressive either, I thought. Um, despite what the scoreline says, they struggled for large parts of this game and were actually being dominated, especially early by the Tigers. And um, without a couple of big performances from a few of their players, they wouldn't have got away with this one, I don't think. Um, Murray and Arrow were good. Uh, Walker and Graham. AJ as well. But Havili, as you mentioned, he was the best player on the field by a mile. The bloke only played 40-something minutes and had more impact than any other player on the field. You could probably bunch four or five of them together and he had more impact than you them You know the play well. they used? You know the play they used? The cheese and Harry play, which Melbourne don't do anymore. The they do the, dummy they half did the bang, the bang, forward. bang, bang, yeah, yeah. short. They did, it, they did it right up the guts all yeah. through the second half. Absolutely. Yeah. But... Um, and he was massive off the bench for them, and the Tigers' bench added absolutely nothing. They probably actually made the team poorer when they came on. Um, I think that was the minutes as well. The rotation doesn't seem to be right there for the bench for the Tigers. But um, Simpkins, Offa Hengawi, and Luciano were good. Uh, Laurie and Brooks were okay. And Mamalo, he, he finishes well when he gets given opportunities, but to me he doesn't seem to do enough work when, um, when they need him out of the back end for such a big body. So, uh, he flops around the ground a lot. Yeah, Holly. <laughs> well, the big thing for me, uh, officiating a slide, and you guys sort of touched on it with South Sydney's forward pack. I'd say overall, what killed the Tigers is just they were outran by far, and specifically the forward pack. It seemed for South Sydney, if you had any number from eight onwards on your back, you were just absolutely tearing, tearing the Tigers up in a in attack. And I'd say it was a team effort, sort of led by Thomas Burgess, but like even Damien Cook um, week before Origin, I'm not saying he's back to world-class form or anything, but he just sort of yeah. on the back of the running well, game the, the Fords had, it, yeah, it, it, he, he was game. able to sort of get a little bit back towards the Cook of old, and I, I'm not saying he, not even saying he was the best player in the field or anything, but just as, as a group, that forward pack, um, in terms of like a running display from a forward pack, um, there's not been too much better this year, and I think overall that's what won it for South Sydney. The only thing I'll mention is, yes, we we have sung Jackson Hastings' praises endlessly this year, but there was times it felt like he was in the way. Sometimes like he was trying to actually touch the ball too much. Uh, and, and I don't think I've noticed it at all this year. Like, I know he has more um, touches than any player in the game, and yep. by a fair way. But generally, it's not to the detriment of the Tigers. No. Whereas for parts of this game, he did seem to get it. And, and maybe it's noticeable because Laurie's back and whatever, because Laurie looked so dangerous at times. And, you know, you know, it's, it's the old sliding doors thing. If Laurie doesn't get ankle tapped and he scores, and then all of a sudden we're up 20 nil, who knows? True. But, um,. So that was the only thing I noticed. Uh, we'll, we'll put a bow on this. Look, and, and get to the club talk next. Because um, <laughs> oh, it's cathartic for me. But um, and end of the day, I say, I, I, I sit here and, and there's people, there'll be people pulling their hair out saying I've got to wake up to myself. And, and I do. So I'm going to wake up to myself. After 13 rounds, you can't be unlucky, eight of them. 
Yeah. Matt still thinks they're going to win the comp. <laughs> <laughs> what's he going to say? Now, what's he going to say? Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what gets you. <laughs> you could be somewhat I'm realistic three, and three go, points to we're, we're still a massive chance of making the eight, but the fucking win the comp. Well, Jesus. that's... <laughs> well, even that's to me, that's... Yeah, yeah. The the top, <laughs> like, and I am the most one-eyed of one-eyeds, but um, and, and there are five-minute periods where I think We've we've finally got we're finally back. We're finally got some, but you know it is what it is. They are very much most likely going to finish in the bottom four. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Um, Three points to Villy, two points Tom Burgess, and either one point Campbell Graham or um, Laurie out of sympathy. I thought, but I'm happy to go clean south (laughs) if that's. I had three for Havili, obviously. to give a bench front row of three points is pretty um, doesn't happen very often, yeah. but he definitely deserved them in this game. I gave two to AJ. I thought his finishing was fantastic. He got himself in the right position. He got I himself another hat trick. And we didn't mention he's now the all-time South try scorer for South. Scorer. Yes, he is. And then, had, and then I had, and then I had Murray or Walker, but. No, Tom Burgess was sensational. I, was gonna, I thought Tom Burgess, Burgess, yeah. Burgess deserves. I'm, I'm going to go Burgess two. Let's go Burgess two and AJ one. All right, yep. let's do that. Uh, okay, so in, I didn't mention it in the news, but um, don't mute yourself. Mute Barney and I. So no, 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 I don't, I don't have a lot to say. It, it has. It does look like Madge's coach his last game. This the Tigers are having a. You might have a couple more. Internal review over the origin period, uh, and like I said, I, f- I feel like they've been unlucky. Like you know, if they win the wa- the Warriors game, if they win the Titans game, unlucky against Manly and St George. All you know, it's a different game. Yeah. But like I said, how can you be unlucky every yeah. round for twelve yeah. rounds? So you got, at some point you have to have the I have to have the meeting for myself and and say it's them, not me, uh, which I, I have had this week. So I will be slapping myself this week and give myself a wake up call. Well, let's. But uh, I'm um, gonna dra- Drag your team down to the, the Titans level again because we're about the same, give yeah. or take. Come on, like, but the biggest yeah. issue I've seen out of the Tigers for probably, oh, what, four or five years now is even when they do have games where they're really good in attack and they score 30 points, they leak mm-hmm. 45 or 50. Yeah. Like, it's, you just can't. The defence has been really not good for four or five years now. So 100%. So, you know, my, to my point is internal review. Now the club's having an internal review over origin period, so nope. something's afoot. But there is deep reviews. It seems to me that basically they're having this review and it seems from from the mail today, even as late as today, is that if they can get Seraldo, he'll be coaching next year. If they can't, Madge might get to the end of the year. Uh, The other two names that... And, and like, there are some lights in in the tunnel in that, um, you know, they get Twile back, Dewey's back next week. Uh, there might be movement around Brooks, Dewey, whoever. Brooks might go to the Dolphins and fill that match malign seven spot up there. Um, and Appy and... He might, yeah. And they're getting the best hooker and the best second rower in the game next year. So there is upside. Yeah. Uh, and they've got sev- apparently 700k to spend, which needs to be done under a coach. So I suspect if Sorrell is... Avail- and I think that's why it's happening now, because Sorrell is about to ink a new deal with Penrith. I think if they can get in early, Sorrell will be there. If not, the other two names that seem to be mentioned... Well... John Morris was the latest one to be mentioned, as well as Flanagan. Uh, I thought it might have been trying to sort of get under Bulldogs and get Flanagan before them, but that's off the table, Barn. Yeah. Uh, and I thought you... Brett Kamali's you, also been And Brett Kamali would be the caretaker in the meantime. So, who I don't know a lot of, obviously don't know a lot about as a coach, but I believe he's doing an okay job. And I Did they... 
because I know he coached the Toyota Cup team a bit. Was he the coach when they made that grand final I against so, Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and they and from all reports, the junior system is incredible, like really, really good. The junior setup's amazing. The facilities are amazing. I, I know parents that are in it that say it's incredible. There's just a disconnect to what's actually happening to us poor fellas, us poor supporters when it gets to first grade. Um, your thoughts on sort of Flanagan versus Morris? You're obviously best cued to give your thoughts on that. What do you think? Oh, well, obviously Morris came in on the back of Flanagan after um, everything that happened there. Uh, is it, to me, Morris is a softer edge than what Flanagan... When any team that is... Uh, any time that Flanagan was in control of the Sharks, there was no soft edge. There was no corners cut. There was always a that grit and grind. And um, you know they prided themselves on their defence and their aggressive uh, and their aggression. And to me, once he moved away, that seemed to sort of step away a little bit. Morris was more about trying to set up the pretty plays and score more points in the opposition, and the defence sort of seemed to go out of the window a little bit. So uh, to me, I'd yeah, I'd. Rate, I rate Flanagan a lot more than I do John Morris, but John Morris was, um, he was a handy coach. He was. Oh, he shouldn't have been sacked no at, at, the, time it, at no. the time it happened. I don't think yeah. he should have been sacked by any means. But I, I, I sort of agree. I, I think Flanagan's a better fit. I, I, I suspect we may not get either, and I suspect if they can get Seraldo, that would be announced in the next week. But probably there's enough self-indulgence for one day, isn't it? What also isn't going to help Madge, and again, I'm going to br- bring it... And by the way, boys, if you ever need a little therapy <laughs> session, you're allowed to bring it up on the show. Uh, my team's not worth it, but um, <laughs> just, again, from an, an international point of view too, I keep forgetting Madge is actually still mm-hmm. the Kiwis coach, is, and they yeah. are playing the night before Origin 2. So yes. there's going to be at least a week there where Madge is away from the Tigers in camp with the New Zealand side, and then you got the World Cup at the end of the year and everything... The place that the Tigers are currently in, Madge really shouldn't be leaving. Or I, I know it's its job. It's no. the role that he's in. Hey, maybe he that's will, why they're going well, to. Maybe it's easy for the board to go. Well, he's gone now. Let's lock all this. Honestly, that's that's sort of what I thought. I thought <laughs> you know exactly. you know what the fact that they're not playing so well and he's in a couple of weeks going to and it, it might even be longer, but they'll be in camp for at least a week. You got to think and. All his attention's going to go to that, and then he'll have to come back and sort of be the not sign restart. On the front gate, but no <laughs> Maguire's allowed. <laughs> that, but that's the thing; he'll sort of have to come back if he comes back to the side, and it's not a restart or something. But they're not doing as well as it is. If you take a, a week off to focus on something completely different, and there's a different voice, and that can't if they help. get up and win, that probably helps them even yeah. less. But um, and look, end of the day, look, I think. Uh, I've been much harsher on coaches we've had in the past than I have, Madge, and <laughs> I wish him well in his future endeavours. But um, no, I, <laughs> it I, so I think he can coach. I think he can coach. I think it was wrong place, wrong time-ish, maybe. And so long, Freddie will. <laughs> I, I think I think this is what's going on. You know, I think, to me, if, if it was me, I, like I think Flanagan going to be a nice fit for this team for a hard to Put a bit, but you know, apparently they don't like being hard, having hard edge coaches. Uh, if we get Seraldo, and that means we're going to then get seven Penrith players, fantastic, <laughs> even better. Well, but we've uh, been down that path before, haven't we? 
I think I said it to you, boys. Wouldn't it be great if he got sacked from the Tigers and won the World Cup with New Zealand? Yeah, he can. Yeah, but that'd just be the bit. Like, who rocks up the, the best dogs the and world. gets them to the eight, and the Tigers <laughs> yeah. still fucking bottom four. Anyway, enough out of you. Yeah, You've well, had the your jungle, Speaking of the dogs, the the jungle drums seem to be Brad Fittler. So, well, <laughs> whatever. Let's get to Barney's therapy <laughs> session. Yes. There may be a fight in the car park in the fight. <laughs> well, what about the roosters absolutely putting the sword to the shit heap sharks in? They me. fucking sucked as well, didn't they? <laughs> hey, it wasn't me. Get out of here, David. Oh, the salt. The salt. <laughs> three tries for the sharks, seven for the roosters. Two out of three conversions played four out of seven. 73% completion played 77. 30 out of 41 sets played 31 out of 40 sets. Seven line breaks to nine, 33 tackle busts to 30, 10 offloads for the Sharks, 16 for the Roosters. One force dropout for both teams, 305 tackles played 335. One ruck infringement from both teams. What the hell have I written here? Inside Zero inside the 10 for the Sharks and five against the Roosters. Six penalties conceded from both teams, 10 errors to 12. Braley with 38 tackles, Butcher with 36. Mulatano with 206 running metres, Teddy with 238. Kennedy missed five tackles and made three. Moylan missed five and made 13. Sawali missed seven and made four. Teddy with 144 supercoach points. Tupu with 106. Cam McGuinness with 96. Well, this is more like the attack from the Roosters that we've been expecting from the start of the season. Um, It's been about a month in the making. If you have been listening, you'll notice that we've been mentioning that they've been a lot more direct and there, there seems to be much more of a plan coming out of the Roosters for the last four weeks. And a lot of it clicked into gear into this game um, is definitely in that first half. Sharks didn't help themselves. They were shooting themselves in the foot at every fucking possible opportunity, making mistakes, missing tackles, uh, just turning the ball over on second and third tackle as they seem to do every couple of games. They just fucking do not hang every on to cu- the ball. Every couple of games in a row for the last month. You mean every game for the last month have been average? He's, be- <laughs> he's, get- Sorry, <laughs> he's a bit shirty. Sorry, just salty he's now. He's a bit get shirty. Oh, watch out. <laughs> Salt's matching my beard these days. Uh, Jesus. Sorry, kick up. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> Sharks were good last week. The week before, not so good. That was their worst. They, they put two of their worst performances in in the last three weeks, um, if you're going to be honest, talking about the Sharks. Um, yeah, as I said, they only added to their own misery by giving the opposition, opposition multiple opportunities in that first half through errors and ill-discipline. Then they clicked for 15, 20 minutes and looked like the team that started the year. They looked slick with some nice ball movement. But the real the back end of this game, the well, the majority of this game, the forward, the forwards got dominated for the Sharks. Uh, the Roosters were much bigger, ran a lot harder and defended a lot better in the middle of the field. The Sharks um, struggled through the middle... The, the defence from Tolman and Moylan absolutely infuriated me watching this game. They both offered fuck all in attack and even they were even worse in defence. Um, I know there's been a lot of criticism around Tolman for a long time, but I don't think he's honestly ever been that bad. But this game he missed. He's only been credited for, I think, three missed tackles, but the bloke dead set missed eight of them. Um, there was three on one player in the space of about two minutes. So... Um, he was just shirt grabbing and I think a lot of the times he missed the shirt when he tried to grab it so they, <laughs> yeah. they didn't actually class it as a missed tackle when it was you know and the, um, Teddy carved him up a couple of times uh, the the centers 
got carved up. Tracy is... Um, they're just buying time until Ramian comes back, and I think he's due back next game. Tracy, while he's a decent bit part player, he's he does offers very little impact with the ball. He's quick enough, but he he's got no real footwork, and he doesn't beat anyone on the outside. His passing game's not that great either. Um, he's probably really a six or a nine, but yeah, he's stuck out at the centres at the moment. Um, where was I? Talakai was decent. Um, Rudolph Braley and Nakora were okay. And Mulatano actually... Well, Mulatano and Talakai were really the only threats on the field. Well, at when least they, um, ball they got hand, ball. They, they got good. ball this week. Um, which yeah, that's change. right. And they did look good. Mulatano's a fantastic finisher. So, if, you know, there, there's something there. Holmes, uh, Hines and McGuinness were the best players for the Sharks. But um, both benches didn't offer a lot apart from Connor Watson. I thought Connor Watson off the bench for the, the Roosters was really good. Um, Walker and... Jared Weir and Hargrave were fin- uh, were good as well. Takiyaho and Kiri were solid, as well as Tupu. They they didn't really have a bad player. The Roosters they were all quite good. They did switch off for that sort of ten minutes. Ten minutes of that twenty minutes when yeah. the Sharks were good uh, was because of the Roosters sort of clocking off. But then um, they did snap back into it pretty quick. Uh, Manu, Butcher and Crichton were fantastic. Um, Butcher seems to be growing into a really solid first grader in the back row there. Manu was, um, yeah, he had the Sharks. They didn't know what he was doing when he had the ball in his hands and Crichton was obviously making a push for Origin and I expect him to probably be their best player again this week because he's been left out of Origin. So, um, And Teddy was the best. Teddy was easily yeah. the best player on the field. He was. Um, he's not getting in the way of the centres. He's running direct lines at at the centres and back through the middle he's back to playing his best football and he was the best player on the field by a mile we saw we saw we saw what we thought we were going to see at the start of the year didn't we yeah uh, as I became Yosemite Sam there for a minute or, uh, was it Elmer I see I see I see more like your salt me Sam my boy, yeah. my yeah. <laughs> oh got it. I got it he's got a better moustache <laughs> anyway uh, they yeah You've summed up pretty well. I yeah, I want to reiterate Cam McGuinness. I thought he was easily your yeah. best. He was fantastic. And he I was. thought um, when I kicked myself for not having him in Supercoach. But anyway, <laughs> um, there was a Teddy show followed by the Marnie show. And I, I agree, Angus Crichton, his stats don't reflect how good he was in this game. I thought he was just he was, he man on so the much spot and just impact, impact and everything. Yeah. Uh, and Takiaho too. Uh, everything Takiaho did was good at lock. It suited him. Uh, they looked crisp. They they will put fifty on teams if they play at least. Uh, well, if other this, side of if origin. this is their starting point, they will be yeah. competitive at yeah. the finals for sure and certain. They'll so, shake everyone. Um, up, so. Tick 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 tick. You've covered it off. Oh. There is a uh, you know you look at the Sharks team and really see now. So they bought a new coach, new halfback, playing really good footy. Really see though, they're, they're still going to finish six, seven, eight. Yeah. In that in that they club. need another big body. Ueli out it, doesn't it, help. It, and um, and they've got a couple of older blokes. You've got Fafita that's hanging on, Tolman that's hanging on, Wade Graham that's hanging on. They need to clear a bit of, you know, they need to clear at least two of those blokes and replace them with a younger, bigger body. So oh, that was my point. So you're leaving. Well, here's the thing. You guys have covered it off pretty well, and I feel like there's a bit of, um, there's a bit, no, well, there's a bit of tension here as well. So I don't want to. No, it's not. I don't want to. Well, well, from one end, but um, I actually have more a question for Barney because I don't think I've properly sort of asked. Your thoughts on this, Cronulla first month of the season, compared to the rest of it, what sort of 
what's been the biggest difference in your eyes or a couple of things that you've seen where they've really sort of changed because they did genuinely look like a premiership well, contender. they're still similar type of football. Uh, a lot of teams aren't biting on Hines as much anymore. They're letting him run um, further rather than trying to rush him and then getting beaten on the outside. So they're sort of... They'll come up to a certain point and then they're sliding on him, which is making the defence a lot harder to um, uh, make. Yeah, the defence a lot harder to penetrate. They're either doing that or they're completely rushing the halves for the Sharks. Moylan loses his head and drops a fucking thing, or Hines gets tackled with the ball, and then you've got to restart, set again, and go to the other side of the field. But um, and their middle defence at times, Finnegan out for, with the HIA yeah. for the last couple of games is a big part of why they're getting carved up in the middle because he was doing a lot of that uh, cover and dirty stuff through the middle. But um, a lot of it is the way the teams are defending them. At the start of the year, they were um, biting in hard and uh, focusing a lot on Hines and he was able to set up his outside men. Now they're worrying more on his outside men and letting him sort of run the ball and he's getting into that point where he's getting to a point on the field and going, I should have passed it or kicked it by now. Fuck, what do I do? Do I go back inside? Do I stop? And he's getting caught with the ball. So, And Moylan's not helping. Moylan's form's gone out well, the fucking yeah. window. So. I would have said the difference between the first month and now is the other teams have all gotten fit and gotten ready and now the, it's all just gone back to... Worked them out a little no. bit, at least, Nico. As I said, UL is a, a little bit of a, an issue. Um, they are a smaller pack, so they're not dominating teams in the middle. And when they come up against bigger teams like the Raiders and um, and the Roosters, they get dominated in the middle. They don't have enough big bodies in the middle. Is there a good team? I know, I know there's seven shit teams. Is there a good team carrying more dead wood, dead wood than you blokes? No, probably not. Yeah. Maybe the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders, if you if if we're saying now they're good, which right. I probably am. The, that's not the fact that they're older. That's just uh, sorry, man, man. If you want to classify mm. them as a good team, yeah, but I think Utah Powers, I've, Morgan I've, Harpers, yeah. um, couple Ford of other blokes, Sipley. Yeah, know. but they just have those, they just they've got that hangover of those old blokes, and they need to move Graham. They need to move the feeder on. Tolman's got to go. To, uh, Tolman. They, they got they resigning him, but fuck they juice they juice so. Tolman really well. They got I think they got. More Last year was the time than for Tolman, Tolman to go. Yeah. Uh, and they need a 5-8. Well, I know Which, if Lockie Millet ends up being that cool, that's yeah. exciting. I know but he's been a great servant too, but Wade Graham as well. Oh, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's got to be time yeah. to... Well, he did have a month of football, and he started to look a little bit better, and then he's busted his foot again, so if I can, you know, it's only going to set him back. He was working further. for Triple M on the weekend. I assume he's already trying to... He's already, he would have branches out. Thinking, South of France, apparently, is another fucking... Well, he... he another he one he's been the rest Well, of the he, he's confirmed that he's no, spoken to them. No, apparently his some French-Canadian. I, was talk- I watched Benji on Monday night, and he was on Benji, and he yeah, was, was saying that... Um, yeah, his wife's French Canadian. They've got family over there, and uh, yeah, it's definitely something they're looking at. So. Well, I think too, he said possibly to get his wife um, citizenship in Australia, she needs to be here one more year. So whether he decides, it, it look, it could be it come to a point where at least he's got a backup if he can't find another club. Well, Cronulla might resign him, but I honestly see him probably playing reserve grade a lot at next best, year if he'll they be do. A bench player, and but yeah, he's he's worked yeah. his way out of the starting side. That's for sure. And, and Gump did flag that very early too. Did. Kudos to him. Three to Teddy, two to Manu, one to either McGuinness, Tupu, or um, Squiggle. I had Crichton for two. Crichton's I, the Squiggle. I just thought he was fantastic. But no, um, I agree. I, 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 I'm harsh with him because I, I love him so much. And then I was between Manu and McGuinness uh, for the one. But Three Teddy, Give two, two to Crichton. Manu and then nah, two to Crichton up. and one to Manu. 
Like I said, I just downplayed Crichton because of my rose-coloured glasses. McGuinness was fantastic as well. Honourable mention. Absolutely. 34-24. Dragons defeated the Bulldogs at Belmore. Barney. Let's breeze through this. Take well, we it away. I was listening. For a therapy session, so. That's true. I was at um, at the State Carnival listening to Thirsty Morrow on the radio, so I can't give great input. How was Thirsty? Uh, it's fantastic. It's oh, a very good caller. Thirsty in the big man. <laughs> I, I am Does quite like thirsty, yes. Yeah, he's very good. Four and, tries um, to the dogs, six to the and dragons. And Dan Gadane is very good on the in the first half of the um, Eels game too. So kudos to all of those radio commentary folk. <laughs> Three out of four conversions for the Dogs. Five out of six for the Dragons. One out of one penalty attempts for the Dogs. 81% completion played 77%. 31 out of 38 sets played 27 out of 35. Seven line breaks to six. 32 tackle busts played 27. 14 offloads for the Dogs. Four for the Dragons. Two force dropouts to zero. 318 tackles for the Dogs. 296 for the Dragons. Two inside, uh, two ruck infringements against the Dragons. One inside the 10 against two for the Dragons. Three penalties conceded to six, 11 errors to 10. Jeremy Marshall-King made 43 tackles. Jack DeBellin made 33. Thompson with 135 running metres and Ramsey with 146. Burton and Shoup both missed four tackles. Mamalo, uh, sorry, Mamalo. Molo missed five and made 17. Lomax missed four and made seven. Lomax had the highest supercoach score with 98. Dufty with 91. Avarillo with 79. Did you watch this game, Oliver? Yes, I did, and I thought the weird thing that sort of stood out to me was that I thought Aaron Woods probably just about had his best performance in a Dragons jersey. He must still have some (laughs) vengeance against the Bulldogs for that god-awful stint he had at the club. Um, But honestly, it's sort of the the same story for me with the Dragons as it's been every week, and you know what? They're they're a team that's got points in them. A lot of the points come through that 2-5, to and when you're up against another... Well, probably the poorest team in the competition is probably going to be high scoring and that's who you're going to be relying on a lot. The only other thing I'll sort of take away is the Dragons are now ninth, which surprises me because I don't think they're that good. But it's just they're a bit of a weird... They win a few games you sort of don't expect. They lose ones where you're probably just tipping them to win. They're a bit of an unknown at the moment, I'd say. Probably not top eight, but... If I was a Dragons fan... Right now in life, I'd be pretty happy. Well, because it's, I think it's a tick I think so far, but... Slightly more out of their squad than they can. I think Hook's doing a good job. close to their best. They're, they're good. And if, yeah. if, if, like, realistically, this team was always going to be, at best, eighth. And if they finish eighth, they've, they've done well, a they've good done job really this year. Good. Really they've good. done a good job. I just, I don't know, in a lot of the performances as well, even when they win, it's just not, not consistently great. And I know we say that about a few teams, but... There have been some games where they've been relatively poor, I'd say across the board and still won. And I don't know, put it this way, I don't know if there have been that many relatively poor performances that have resulted in a win. And again, the Dragons are probably, I'd have to go back and look at their draw, but maybe they've had a bit more of a favourable draw, something like that. But yeah, I don't know. But there is definitely positives there, but there's a bit of baggage. You bring up baggage as well, I think, at that club. But at the moment, the, the positives are... Sort of out. They're doing enough. Well, you're not going to see. I don't think you're going to see them blow away anyone. Many, if well, any, any teams in the competition, which is a big difference between the teams that are in, you know, that top six bracket. Yeah. They're going to beat some teams really well, but the Dragons just don't seem to, unless um, someone 
Unless like Ravalawa, Lomax both fire at the same time as Asuli mm. and they do, you know. But it's going to happen once in a blue moon. They yeah. just they're they're a bit of a plotter's team. Um, they but they do hang tough. They've got your blokes like the Bellin and Sims that do a lot of grafting work in the middle, but they just don't seem to have that class edge that some of the better teams have. Um, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game of footy, although the skill and execution wasn't at the at a high level, but it was tough and competitive. So um, the Dogs have got a, a, a big issue with their defence. They get stripped way too easy on the edges, and it's always because either they're rushing up too early or they're being too passive. They can't seem to find that in between where they're either shooting out of the line and overshooting and leaving gaps or that they sit back way too much and then get beaten back on an inside shoulder. Um, At the very start of the game, it was quite um, glaring to see the way that they were just jamming in way too early and leaving space on the wings and they got stripped out wide. And then later in the game, especially in and around the ruck, the... Not the A defender, he sits back on the line, but the B defender rushes out and leaves a massive gap in behind the ruck. And the Dragons went in there two and three times. I think they they may have only got one try out of it, but they made a shit ton of metres back up through the middle of the field because the outside man was shooting way too far up. They need to find that meaty middle ground and work together to obviously keep that line. It's a big part of the game and it gets overlooked, especially with the poorer teams, but... Um, yeah, that's that's basically why they got beaten in this game. They did put in, and they were they were going all right. Dufty had his best game in attack for a long time, um, and they were targeting Hunt and Sully, who do have a bit of a, um, a defensive problem there. Um, that gap in between those two guys has led to a lot of points this year, and um, they need to work a little bit better together. But um, Dogs Pack was better than the Dragons as a whole. I thought um, the majority of them were quite good, and their halves and backs were just as good as the Dragons. It's just the defensive initiative. It's just their defence that gets them beaten week after week, Um, especially when they score 24 points. They haven't been able to score 24 points all year. (laughs) They have their best game in attack, and then they leak 34, Um, and it's just because they're not working together. Something that, um, obviously, the the next coach needs to work on, but um, the Dragons bench offered a little bit more than the Dogs, but... Vaughan and Thompson were decent. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King, he seems to have a good game and then an average one, but he was a, he was good in this one. Avrilo looked like their their most potent attacking weapon, which is which is a different story for the Dogs. And um, Dufty Dufty was getting in and around plays. He wanted to be there in this game. He was running really quick. He was setting up uh, setting up their attack, and now he's been dropped. So Julie fuck if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Max King and Burton were the best two players for the Bulldogs, I thought. Um, Woods, McCulloch and Bird were, were the Dragons' best forwards by a fair way. Amon and Ramsey were pretty good. Um, but, yeah, Hunt and Lo- Lomax was the best. I, th- I think Lomax was the best player on the field. He was electric every time he touched the ball. He was turning blokes inside and out. And he's um yeah, he's he's turning into a, a strike centre. Serious centre. Serious, yeah. serious centre. Um, yeah, when when Ben Hunt runs more run metres than the entire forward back, it is, well, each of the entire forward back, I should say, it's, it's, it's amazing that Bordeaux can get beaten, put it that way. But you said they're plotters. They get the best out of their plotters, and they have a couple of little diamonds in the plod that get them through. <laughs> but well, Lomax is great. Lomax is fantastic. Quite good. Um, yeah, 
and yeah. But when you can, like when you compare it to well, it's apples and to apples. You compare it to the Bulldogs, right. they work harder, they try harder, yeah. and they backspin a ball back harder, and so they, they win games. And you compare that, you can compare it to Newcastle. You can the reason they are ninth, or it'll probably will finish eighth, is because when they play Newcastle, when they play the Tigers, when they play the Titans, when they play the Bulldogs, well, not the Titans, they lost to them. They would <laughs> well, true. You know, yeah, it's one of your three wins. Um, they will match them. They will match them, and then, um, and and they get the most out of Ben Hunt, who is good, a very very good yeah. footballer. You got to say, and and he he is as important to a team as all the other ones we spruik all the time. So anyway, whatever. So you're saying three Lomax, Hunt, two Hunt, Duff, one to Dufty. Cool. Let's move on. Uh, one of the more entertaining forty minutes of football was the first half of this game, twenty eight twenty. I Parramatta. thought this was the best game of the weekend, to be honest. Yeah, twenty eight twenty Parramatta over the Raiders, and then the grind kicked in the second half, but it was still um, very entertaining. Uh, you threw out Raiders as now a good team, and I, I don't disagree with you, but um, they're in a nice upward swing. Para, uh, uh, just Parramatta, um, what did the stats say, Barn? And uh, let's discuss it. Yeah, absolutely. We had three tries to Canberra, five to Parramatta. Three out of three conversions played four out of five and one out of one penalty goals for Canberra. 87% completion for Canberra at 75% for Parramatta. 35 out of 40 sets played 31 out of 41. Two line breaks to seven. 30 tackle busts for Canberra, 39 for Parramatta. 15 offloads to 13. One force dropout by Canberra. 353 tackles played 378. One ruck infringement from both teams. Two inside the 10 against Canberra. One penalty conceded and five conceded by Parramatta. Eight errors to 14. Young with 37 tackles. Mahoney with 59. Tuppany with 234 running metres. Dylan Brown with 198. Young missed seven tackles, made 37. Fogarty missed four and made 14. Moses missed four and made 20. Uh, Simmonson with 123 supercoach points. Dylan Brown with 110. Then two other Parramatta players before you got down to Papali'i with 75 super coach points. So what was your tackles there? Marnie, 59. Yes. Yep. And, and Young with 37. Yeah, cool. Uh, Papali'i made 48 as well. Oh, Papali'i is a gun. He's, he's the best back row in the comp at the moment. Superstar. Has been for close to 12 yeah. months. Tremendously entertaining game, Oliver. Yeah, well, one player in particular... Thought you talk about sort of playing yourself into an Origin jersey, and I don't think he was ever out of an Origin jersey. But Junior Paulo probably cemented his spot starting close to his best performance of the year. When I don't think he's been horrible by any stretch, but com- compar- comparatively to what we've seen in the past, I'd say he's done a lot better. Um, <clears throat> the usual suspects for Parramatta as well: Brown, Campbell, Gillard, and Madison. I'd say well, probably. As well in there, the four best players consistently this year. They all stood up and did what they've been doing for most of the year, to be honest, uh, in this game. And y- you look at Canberra, I'd say the back five I was really impressed with as well. We sort of talk about their four pack, but I thought um, in attack, their edges were a lot better. Nick Kotrick, we've sort of said week on week how he's improved and stuff. I, I think we can sort of truly say now he, he's in some good form. Um, nowhere near the, the former Origin jersey he was in, but hey, he's probably he their a lot best better. Back. <clears throat> oh, at the moment, yeah. definitely their form outside back. Um, but uh, again, I just got to reemphasize that in the end, it was the usual suspects for Parramatta that got it done in the end, and Junior Paulo really stepped up and did that bit extra to cement a starting spot for New South Wales. 
Um, saying that, I think there was probably still three forwards on the field that were better. Well, I was going to say that, no, no, but that, that's why I brought up. I'd say I was more saying I wouldn't say he was the best, but no, no, it was his the, best performance yeah, probably just, this it was year. Good. It just was on very a, good. Papa yeah. is uh, in the last month has been red hot. He's been outstanding. And I don't he's, think he's, he's had a bad game this year. Not that no. I can remember. But his partner in crumb Tarpanay, like you talk about, but we talked earlier about blokes putting teams on the back. Yeah, pretty close. He, he carried him through a lot. I think of he was this. actually better. Yeah, but than Tino. No, then, oh, yeah, um, yeah. then Papa yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I'm yeah. saying like yeah, no I talk. I, I threw I out the Tino. I had the big Tino speech yeah, an hour Tarpany ago. Tapani was probably the best forward on the field. Tapani was outstanding. Um, very, very good, Barn. Um, Look, the the para fans were all rock solid. Dylan Brown, as we know, at the start of the yeah, year, yeah. and dividends are paying off, eh? He was fucking fantastic. <laughs> he had, I think, he was the best player of the round. To be honest, um, he was electric, ball in hand, and his defence for a half is he's probably got the best defence out of anyone. Really, as a half, um, fantastic player. I thought this was a cracking game. It was set up just by the forwards, though. They absolutely tore into each other for. Pretty much the entire game, but it's definitely the first 50 or 60 minutes. I loved watching every minute of it. Tarpany, Papali'i, um, Paulo, RCG, Chuck in. Lane had one of his better games for the year. Um, Papali'i from the Parramatta team as well. Um, Hudson Young's come um, come around the corner, I think, and has now definitely established himself as a, um, a, a decent back rower in the comp. And, um, he's he was back where of, he was, two, remember two years ago, yeah, we were absolutely. saying he was the next big thing? and. Yeah. He's, he's got himself back up there and he's playing um, consistent footy, which is good. Um, Fogarty's kicking game added a lot to... The, like He's got the best kicking game out of any of their options at Canberra there. And, and he added a lot. It was a level above anything they've had this year so far. be interesting to see how he settles in because he is a good ball player as well. So he should add something to this um, Canberra attack. In saying that, um, Canberra did have two tries that were directly off errors from Parramatta, drop balls, um, and just handed it bait straight back to Canberra to score some of their points. So the scoreline may have flattered Canberra a fraction, but um, yeah, they're, they're just missing that cutting edge with their ball playing. If they had, um, you know, that razor sharp ball player in there, someone like um, your, your Clearies, your Nico Hines, Dylan Brown, someone like that, that can put the, their edges away, they they would be a much better team, but Whiten's not doing it, and Fogarty's just back now. He might add that, but we'll see what happens. Um, but their, their defence was solid, and that second phase was good, um, and that, that's positive signs for the Raiders going forward, so uh, we'll see how they go there. But um, Parramatta's attack looked really good for big parts of this game. They got deeper, deeper than they have been, Um I love to see the back line set real deep. It just gives you more options where blokes can cut back inside, play short, play long, kick early if you need be, and it just gives you that five-metre you know, head start. Like You're hitting top pace when you're hitting their line. It, it makes a massive difference um, to the way a lot of teams play flat and uh, direct at the line. Um, and they were good. Parramatta were fantastic. We mentioned Dylan Brown. He was the best player on the field by... Um, 100 metres easily uh, he was fantastic the Raiders halves were okay White Whitehead was okay but he's got some defensive issues and um, I don't know where they go with him I, I think another he, year with Whitehead's yeah. a bit of an issue to he, be he's, honest you know, he's, to- like he's now Graham and Tolman uh, mm. Graham Tolman territory yeah like he's, um, he's he misses way too many tackles for an outside uh, for a, a second rower but what do you do? Sutton and um, Sutton was good. Kotrick, you mentioned, was fantastic. Chris is 
Chris has had two good games in a row and looks like he's cemented that centre position now. So we'll see how he goes uh, going forward. Papali and Tarpani were, the, were their best players by a mile. Penasini and Paulo were okay. I thought Reed and Moses added that structure and got the let them play, as I mentioned earlier in the Melbourne game, um, two passes from the hooker to the half and then out to the six. So the ball's already travelled 20 metres in two passes, so you're already on the outside of where you need to be in defence and it just makes it so much easier for your attack. And then um, Papa Lee in lane was strong. so But, yeah, Madison was outstanding, so was Brown. I gave Brown three points, Madison two, and then Eva Simonson or Tarpany with the one. But I had three to Brown, two Tarpany, one Madison, but uh, now Go let's Tarpany. flip it. Tarpany two? Tarpany two, Maddo one. Yeah. Are you saying? Yeah, yeah let's okay. do that. Cool, cool. Um, where's Gutho at? Like, he was non-existent in this game. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's he dropped this. He dropped the sitter, and he, he just didn't look interested. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. But they didn't need him. So no, but it's it's it, from from a team that a year ago was built around him. It's like I, I don't know if it's an ego thing. I don't know if it's just the way they're playing. But he just he's been the biggest non-factor in. Yeah, for their team for pretty much the whole year, but like yeah. almost across the league for uh, for the for a full for what you say is how the comp how the game's played now. He's just not out of respect. Out of respect for Gutherson, I'll give him the choice. You can either hand the crown to Dylan Brown or hand the crown to Puppy and they can. Oh, be the either king. way, it's basically just to catch pass man at the moment. Yeah. That's all they're using. And he, as, did, he so, did get a he did get a TA with the ball out to the wing, but um, just yeah, just doesn't for a bloke that was touching it. As much as Put anyone. people away, yeah. He's now anyway. just a catch link man. Yeah. Um, have we got a break this week, boys? <laughs> Mine's Aiden <laughs> Tolman. <laughs> I already mentioned. <laughs> he looked absolutely lost in defence. He gets in the way in attack. He loves taking the ball on the fifth tackle and fucking hitting it up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, such a dramatic drop-off because probably a month ago he was still at a decent standard but the last three to four weeks he's gone from being a first grader to someone who doesn't deserve their job in my opinion but yeah so um, for the first timers at the Braith is the old pop plan award but uh, someone who well they don't know is, what that is either if they're a first timer yeah well about to explain for fuck's sake Oliver um, someone who is uh, who who's somehow got into a job that they probably shouldn't be doing and paid probably too much for it Ollie I don't like Going back to it, and I, I end up doing it every couple of weeks, but I've got to go Justin Holbrook. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I can't what think of anyone the, else. the roller coaster with him last year where we just said he can't coach, can't coach? Ken. They he came can, good and were like, he's a genius, and now he's can coach. He just he can't, no, he can't coach. Can't 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 coach. No, he's gone. I'm going to double down with you. David Fafita is a $1.2 million Braith. How, how that bloke's <laughs> worth 1.2, honestly. Do we know how much Braith is on? I mean, he might Probably be more. But, um, no, but like... To come out in that second half and uh, two run meters, two runs for one meter. When you got blokes like uh, fucking uh, Papa Lee from Parramatta <laughs> running around for a oh. hundred. What's he, he? I think he's on one hundred and seventy-five at the he's moment. At Parramatta, so took, yeah, because he took he took six hundred yeah. at the Tigers. I, 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 I know like, we brought it up before, but he's also got to play a plane with him. He's literally carrying the team and nearly in well, tears. Well, like, he's only on six hundred, I think. Yeah, yeah, isn't nearly, he too, nearly in tears after right. the game. I don't get. The, but then, like, how, like even not this how, two weeks ahead, yeah. is he sitting in the dressing room and look at look Tino in the eye and then go, "Well, there's Mo. He also ran two hundred meters." Oh, I'd, I'd, be scared, I ran 40 I'd be scared of him. If had I seven be. tackle busts and scored a try. Yeah, oh, yeah. but three hundred super coach Ran over four centers. Yeah, good. Have we got a slap? Oh, my slap this week is me. 
it's time to admit this relationship's toxic <laughs> and I am going to move on with myself right from the tigers to where <laughs> the tigers but <laughs> less <laughs> but it's time to let go I, I can't I'm let myself gonna. be as emotional I was not a good human being in front of my children this week watching this game so I'm going to slap myself I'm going to own up they're terrible Ollie right <laughs> That's hard one to follow. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I hate I hate to double down, but it's the first thing that literally popped into my head. I'm gonna me. I'm, go, I'm gonna slap you as well for being so bullish on the Tigers this week. You were you were you you'd nearly put your house How on that winning. Beat like, like, How are they going to beat the Tigers? Yeah, it's like I can't believe so many people have beat South. I don't even have my the slap team that was anymore. in the grand final last year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slap dumb players giving away 10 minute sin bins and costing their teams fucking wins. Uh, that, that double sin bin in the space of 10 minutes and both of them were deserved for the Titans and it cost them the game from a basically an unlosable position. They went straight out the back door. This is so. a very Titans and Daggy centric <laughs> segment this week. <laughs> well, everything comes back to me at the end of the day. We know how it is. Uh, we've got our... Uh, are we all just going to table? We're all going to salute Rabs? Well, Rabs is in, well, yeah, yeah. straight up. That's the slabs. first one. We're all going slabs. straight up slabs. <laughs> salute <laughs> the great Ray Rabbits Warren. I'll buy him a slab if I see him. So. Absolutely. I'll buy him um, one as well. The, the, uh, I don't want to over... Three slabs. The, <laughs> voice of, the voice of rugby league for over, over 30 years and very, very good at it. So salute to him. But are you going to have something else to finish on? I'm going to salute um, our absent comrade. Tonight, Gump, mm. who I was really, you know, sort of thought he'd be here so I could share this with him. But I saw yesterday um, Ben Hunt, as they go behind closed doors, we, we speak about how important Ben Hunt is to the Dragons. Well, he's currently leading the Dalian medal race by two points as they go behind closed doors. Don't think he's going to win it, but I think it's definitely a uh, definitely an achievement to be on top halfway through the year. And I remember on our preview show for the season... Gump actually came out and said he thinks Ben Hunt's a real dark horse for the Daily M medal. He he, did. he didn't tip him as his prediction, but said he thought Ben Hunt was a real big dark horse. I have not heard anyone else mention him, especially back then. And even if Hunt doesn't go on to win it, I don't think he will. I think it's a good nod to Gump that he was able to sort of have him as a, a real contender for it. That's why we get the uh, the best analysis. And he gave you, the, gave you the reasons as well. He yeah. said he's going to be the best in a team that when they win, yeah. he's going to get three points. When they don't win, he might even get one or two. So, and, yeah, he's so we get the on. best analysis amidst our, amidst our counselling sessions. <laughs> <laughs> you got to uh, mine's the Prince of Persia, the King of Thieves, mate. He was fantastic. Um, <laughs> he was stealing the football at will, Cameron Munster. Oh. He <laughs> ran an absolute muck. He... Whenever he touched the ball, they you could see the defence either holding still and basically shitting their pants going, what the hell's going to happen here? Or they started backpedalling. <laughs> you just don't backpedal when you're up against someone like that. He picked he picked that manly team apart. And, um, actually, come to think of it, I probably should have gone Dylan Brown, but between the two of them, those two number sixes on the weekend, they were fantastic standout performances. Uh, my salute is going to be uh, Saliva Havili because uh, he went, he got signed there on a nothing sort of part-time bench player role. And he's been fantastic all year. He, he's actually outplayed Cook been solid. three or four games and, and he won in this game. Uh, simple as that. 
and no one's mentioned him, but uh, Tino should also be saluted oh, this week. Should, so yes. um, again. I'll Again. give him anything he wants. Yeah, I'll make absolutely. It but uh, that has been our review show. We've got through it eventually. Uh, <laughs> some slight details and a lost bean or two. But uh, come back it's and back. we'll preview round 13. Talk soon. It's back.